in the heart of Beer City, USA. Two men, one journey, to create a sports show unlike any other. Unfiltered, raw, and honest. One of them played a soccer goalie opposite Ben Stiller. The other once scored six points on Steph Curry. These guys know their sh. Let's go! Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green, the Sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings. And Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. And welcome into the Sportsocracy in the Ingalls studio live on ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM. 1400 locally and you can hear us everywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app and don't forget we can be seen live or on demand on YouTube just go to the sportsocracy.com click on the live video link don't forget subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can get in the chat with us each and every day you can weigh in on our daily polls you can uh you know get all access to all extra content and things through the House of Reprehensibles uh, you can do this, the little join button right next to the subscribe or after you've subscribed. All of the things. We want you to be a part of the family. We're here for you each and every afternoon, 3 to 6 on ESPN Asheville. And we're always brought to you by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings, and Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. Jeremy, is he's been burning all afternoon. Uh, Ready like to Jim talk Rome. about the news of the day. Incredible. It's not just his mullet that's on fire today. He has got a fire in his soul for the Arizona Cardinals after they have given Kyler Murray $230.5 million over the next five years. Well, he's he's under contract for six years because he's got the fifth-year option this year. And then five years on top of that at an average of $46.5 million a year, making him one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. And I have I've really I've thought about this. I actually thought about scripting my response just to make sure that I got everything into the response mm-hmm. that I needed to get. But then I found a way that I didn't have to script it. <laughs> $46 million. $46 million. For a quarterback that's five foot four. Uh-huh. Are you kidding me? Are you legally out of your mind? No, they're not out of their minds. This is the best that they were gonna do. It's the best that they were gonna do. That's uh, okay. That's like saying I'm hungry and I need to eat food. And the only thing that I have in my house is a couch cushion. So I'm going to fry that and I'm going to eat it. You never know. You put some uh, you put some hot sauce on it, it might be fine. I am, when I saw that, and, and I had been hearing this over the course of the day, that they were getting closer to a deal. They want to get this done before everybody reports. And I had written down a number. If it's higher than this, mm-hmm. you've done this incorrectly. The number because was... I knew he was going to get an extra year. I wouldn't have gone over three. No way. A, I think you're going to age like a dairy product. B, I think the league has figured you out. C, I don't think you're all that good in the first place. And I had written down three years, one hundred twenty million dollars. Okay, I would have been 
not good, but that's me coming a little further than I wanted to and getting to a place where I can get out of this. The guaranteed money's not that crazy. It's, and, and, and I knew in my head it's going to be longer than that. Mm-hmm. When I saw five years of which he's in a contract for two more years. I, I'm I, I'm you're you're stuck with Kyler Murray now until 2029. And what does this do? What I mean, what does this do? You're stuck with him. Is he a top ten NFL quarterback? Yes or no? No. Then you don't pay him two hundred million dollars. But everybody, everybody in the league complains about this. These contracts are so stupid, and 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 the, the the Browns were so dumb for giving all this money to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's at least a top five quarterback when he plays. Mm-hmm. I don't know when he's going to play, but I know what he is when he does. Kyler Murray's lucky if he's in the top 13. I had him at, when we did this a few weeks ago, I think I had him at 14 overall. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me you're going to pay top of the market money, but, but the league's changing. It's not changing that fast. It's not changing that fast. You basically just guaranteed, well, we'll be somewhat relevant in terms of the national lexicon of we have a quarterback that people know who he is. And we can sell T-shirts and get people to show up to the stadium and woo! Yep. And you're as relevant in the Super Bowl hunt as the Jacksonville Jaguars. Congratulations, Arizona Cardinals. I don't the know dumpster as, fire that you are. I don't know about as relevant as the Jaguars, but... All right, let me ask you a question. I knew you were going to laugh when I said that. Mm-hmm. If I told you over the course of the life of that deal that one of those two teams I just said won a Super Bowl and you had to bet your house on it, it's you're telling on the Cardinals. You're drunk. It's not close. You're drunk. I get Trevor Lawrence on the other side. I don't mm-hmm. know what he is. Uh-huh. He got coached by the disaster of a dumpster fire that is Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. I've watched Kyler Murray in an offense that was made for him. Can't win a playoff game. Can't win a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Got embarrassed. Embarrassed. As what was one of the most talented teams in the league. And now I'm supposed to feel warm and fuzzy about him because we got his little f- four foot seven buddy from Oklahoma. All right. Yeah, we got a deep threat for him now. You had the best receiver in the league. You had one of the better slot receivers in the league that the Jacksonville Jaguars paid a bajillion dollars. Mm-hmm. You got all these weapons. You've done all these things. You're still, what, the seventh best team in the NFC? Congratulations. Good for you. Wonderful. But can we not build on that? Or does the forty six does the forty six million dollars hamper us from doing that ever? It's not that you can't build on it. You have to be able to do one thing, and it's ironic the timing of this because that one thing you need to be able to do is one of the things that we were talking that we were planning on talking about today, and we still will, which is future rankings in the NFL. Yes. Yesterday on the show we talked about ESPN did a list. They broke every team down by criteria. Of your coach, your quarterback, your your ability to draft, your front office, and your roster as it sits right now. And so we took that and we ran with it. Tank did his on <clears throat> gut instinct, uh-huh. I think. Uh-huh. I mean, if you would like to elaborate on your process a little further, feel free. Nah, the process was, hey, there's that team. Yeah, they, they, they look pretty good over the next the, three years. This is, if you need to know how this show runs when we do production things, I have a weighted algorithm. That puts different percentages on different things. I've got analytical formulas. I've got numbers out the wazoo. Tank went, I have 32 teams written on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. 
Pretty and there's much. a merit let to me, both of let those me look, let me look at the uh let me look at the rosters let me see who's under contract for the next few years okay they're keeping the core together they're pretty good now awesome this team they got a couple of pieces but they don't have anything going forward so and, that's and, how that is and that here went. is going to be the the tenant of the conversation today this took a different life than i thought it was going to when i went down this rabbit hole because when we talked about this yesterday, I went, well, team, the, the Bucks are yeah. too high because your quarterback's 46 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, guess what? You know where I have them? Tied for eighth. Mm -hmm. and, and you know why that is? Because the dumb stay dumb and the smart stay smart. Very rarely do you ever cross these things. And as I built out the algorithm that figured this out, I realized, you know what you can't change? You can't change your ownership group. If your ownership group's a dumpster fire, you're probably going to be a dumpster fire. Mm -hmm. Five worst owners in the league. Who do you think they are? Oh, it's Schneider. Not close. He's he's last. He he's, he was not last for me. Shad Khan. He was last. He was last. Yeah. Arizona, the Miami Dolphins. Okay. And the Houston Texans. Okay. You know what all five of those teams have in common? What's that? They're all on the bottom ten of my list. Mm -hmm. All ten of them. Mm -hmm. Because that's the one thing that can't change. It's one thing to pay a mediocre quarterback a lot of money. In our YouTube comments, I saw somebody mentioned, what does Lamar get? A, I, I like Lamar better than Kyler Murray, and I don't think it's all that close. B, I trust Baltimore. I trust Baltimore that, you, you know what they did in the draft this year? Oh, we got the 14th pick. It was, it was a bad year for us. Cool, we got the number one player in the draft. Mm -hmm. Best player in the draft to me wasn't all that close. Mm -hmm. Got him at 14. Best center I've ever graded. Got him at 26. And you know, and it's so funny to me. What pick did you use to do that? Oh, the pick you got from this dumpster fire train wreck of a franchise. Because they wanted to reunite, reunite their little quarterback with his little buddy. Mm -hmm. Tremendous. That's the NFL in a nutshell. Baltimore Ravens, smart franchise. In the playoffs, constantly. N name me the last time that they were 4-12. Been a long time. Right. Arizona Cardinals have done it six times in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. It's what franchises do. Baltimore has the better quarterback. They cannot come to agreement on, a, on terms of a deal. You know why? Because they're not going to do this. We can build a roster around you. We draft well. We had the greatest GM in the league for 20 years. And you know who we replaced him with? Probably the fourth best GM in the league. Because he learned right at the right hand of Ozzie Newsom. What did Arizona do? Let me just get, take you a, a little trip down memory lane with the Arizona Cardinals. This is the team that signed Emmett Smith when he had one foot in the grave and one foot on a banana peel because we'll sell tickets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you drafted the greatest, one of the greatest receivers that ever lived, made the playoffs three times because that's who you are. And so, yeah, for me, this makes all the sense in the world. Mm -hmm. Arizona Cardinals, we finally got a quarterback that wants to be here. Keep him no matter what it costs. At least we'll sell tickets. Yep. You going to win anything with him? Yeah, probably not. No. Probably not. But you'll at least, you're at least a uh, playoff contender. You feel like you are anyway. And this is, uh, this could not have been better time than I swear to you we didn't do this on purpose. The, the, the futures list came out yesterday. We went down the rabbit hole. And we had three team previews left to do. Mm -hmm. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Detroit Lions, and the Houston Texans. Funny, those are three historically mediocre franchises. And I think all three of them are trending in different directions for completely different reasons. 
and everything ties together like one great big three-hour present. That's right, and we're gonna do, we're gonna run down the uh, the list of the NFL futures. We'll do the team previews of the three teams he just said: the Texans, Lions, and the Jaguars. We're also gonna get a little visit in the studio in the four o'clock hour from Caleb Peak. He's gonna come in talk some baseball as we do each and every Thursday afternoon at four o'clock. We'll talk about the. Uh, prospects and the storylines of the uh, second half of the season put a uh, bow on all-star weekend as well our daily draft today kicking off the third hour because my coach got a big deal today 10 years 112.5 million dollars is what georgia is going to pay kirby smart to stick around for a while i got no problem with the uh with the number figure on that one because the guy just won a national championship. Weird, though, that he said, you know, before the season started that he could have just walked away. And then he wins a national championship, and now he's got a 10-year, $112.5 million contract. So in the daily draft today, we're going to be drafting college football coaches. The best one through five are UDFAs as well. Plus, we got two more prospect previews for the upcoming NFL draft with draft nerd Jeremy Green, right here in the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. When I finally drove the old car into the grave, I knew there was only one place I was going to go. Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville, home of the family plan. And yes, they treat you like family. I went in, told them what I was looking for, told them my budget, and in no time, I was signing the paperwork on my certified pre-owned vehicle. They have the area's largest selection on quality pre-owned vehicles and certified Nissans. They go through a 167-point inspection, so you know it's not going to let you down. They gave me the Carfax report, so I know the history of my vehicle. And the Fred Anderson family plan gives me things like oil changes and car washes and loaner cars if I have to have major work done on the car in the future. For me, buying a car has always been an intimidating thought. But the folks at Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville made it super easy. Don't be like me. Don't wait till the last minute to get a deal done. Go to AndersonNissan.com or stop by the showroom at 629 Brevard Road. And don't forget to mention we sent you from the Sportsocracy and get a $250 bonus on your trade-in at Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. There's a lot of talk about heroes these days. Hey, buddy, you want to go fishing? The folks in the funny outfits with superpowers and spandex. All right, buddy. But at Ingalls, we know that a lot of our heroes are a little closer to home. They're the ones who give us what we need for those everyday adventures. That's why we look up to the ones who look out for us. Don't forget your fish food. Catch a big one. Ingalls. All the ingredients for family. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. The Sportsocracy. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man! Oh, the voice of Kevin Harlan. I can't wait for football season. It's oh so close. And we're talking NFL futures as, uh, yeah, ESPN did their little in-depth breakdown of ranking all 32 teams for the next three years in the NFL. 
And Jeremy looked at it and went, that's stupid. I need to do my own list. So he went all, you know, beautiful mind. He went. I do have a very mathematical mind. You do. And so he has, you know, he's done his own rankings. He's mixed in some of their rankings. He's tweaked them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he's weighted percentages. And now we have the definitive sportsocracy best over the next three years list. And here's what I discovered. The top eight teams are all in the top half of the league at all five of these things. Mm -hmm. If you want to be elite, you better not have a big deficiency. Well, it's, I mean, I mean, it's a team game. Uh, Every aspect counts. And, and I get that, you know, you only get points for your roster on what two of these categories, Mm -hmm. because you got your quarterback as a separate, but I mean, who is it that's putting these teams together? It's the front office. You got a smart front office. Chances are you're going to make it over the next three years pretty well. And that's the thing. When I did this, your current roster is the least important of all of these aspects because it's the most fluid. Mm-hmm. Your front office does not tend to change that much. Well, we fired our GM mm-hmm. and he'll bring in some of his own scouts and you'll retain about 40% of the front office. GM to GM mm-hmm. because they're the owner's guys. Yeah, we love that guy. But who's shocked that the best the, the, the teams with the best rosters typically have the best front offices? I mean, that's, that's who builds the rosters. So mm-hmm. obviously, the teams at the top are going to score very, very low or very high. However you want to, however you want to look at this. With the, the the way you did the numbers, it's like golf. The lowest score is the best. The number one team in the NFL across all of the the markers here scored a 19. And basically, it's where you rank in all of these things added together mm-hmm. and weighted out by percentage. Mm-hmm. But I won't get into how I got to my Mr. <laughs> Mr. Wizard formula. Right. Well, uh, on the ESPN list, they had at least one thing right. It was the number one overall team. The number one team over the next three years is the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. But not by as much as I would have thought. I would have thought they were drastically ahead of everybody else because they have every piece in place. The coach is still young. And they don't really have anything that's the quarterback's young. The roster's young. I I do have to ask, where do you have Sean McDermott ranked? Because really? Mm -hmm. That surprises me because you have been a detractor of Sean McDermott, old Opie Taylor himself. Well... And that's one of the things that as I went down this process, I started to figure out. All of the first-year head coaches are at the bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Every coach gets better over time. The question is, what heights can you reach? I can't quantify Kevin O'Connell or Nathaniel Hackett. And if you come up against the Minnesota Vikings, and I'll just use a team that's close to them in the rankings, if they come up against the Jets, mm-hmm. One has a second-year head coach. One has a first-year head coach. Talent-wise, I would say they're close. Who do I give the advantage to? The guy that's had to make these decisions it's before. Be the veteran. Okay. And so that that's where some of that comes in. You look at McDermott. He's been around for a while. A lot of experience in the playoffs. And getting better over time. Mm-hmm. So was he a little higher than I thought? Yes. That's also the lowest number they have. Because in roster, you got the best roster in the league. Quarterback, you got the second best quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's, since it's over the course of three years, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers got dinged a little bit, but not that much. Well, they should. 
So the number one team is the Buffalo Bills. I don't. I don't think there's too much argument about that. I don't think there's any argument about the top three. Okay. I number, think anybody that does this, you should come to the same conclusion of the top three. Number two, the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams. You have one of the best coaches in the yeah. league. Your biggest detraction is your quarterback, and your quarterback's still top ten in this league. They are older, but they're. But that's the thing is that this front office is good at drafting with those later draft picks that they have. They have gone, you know, the full less Sneed who gives a about uh, draft picks. No, but what they're doing is accumulating. Uh, the Rams had a ton of draft picks. Mm -hmm. They were just all from a hundred on. So yeah, you don't get fifth year options or things like that. You also don't ever have busts. Mm -hmm. Name me the last player that really busted out for the for, for the L.A. Rams. Well, it's hard to say that a guy they took in the fifth round is a bust. That's the point. Right. And I think that's the analytical way they're looking at this. Jared Goff, technically a bust. Mm -hmm. Also took you to a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Also brought you the quarterback that won you a Super Bowl at the cost of two of those first-round picks. Not a bust for the Rams. He may be a bust in general because you traded up to get him. Mm-hmm. But the way it turned out worked out just fine for you. Mm -hmm. And you look at a team that's adding, I mean, these are not all pro players, but they're high-level starters that they're adding in the fourth, fifth round. Mm -hmm. That tends to, year over year, keep happening. And they've got everybody sewed up for the next three years. That's that's the, the important part. You look at that star-studded roster and go, well, can they keep the band together? Well, they're at least going to keep the stars that they have because they've got them all sewed up under contract. So, and, and, and you, the only place I could ding them on was their offensive line. Looking at the contracts over the next few years, this is, a lot of these guys are going to come up for contracts. And do you mm -hmm. pay them or do you not pay them? But it doesn't really matter because you look at it and you go, they got depth. They've got young guys that they've drafted that you go, okay, well, maybe, maybe that works. And that's the question of the draft. If somebody gets hurt, injuries are fluid. The roster is fluid. If somebody gets hurt, do I believe that you have done a good enough job through the draft to replace that guy with somebody that is replacement level or better? Yes. All right. Yes, who's I number do. three? Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. The biggest the, the biggest knock on them is that their coach is older. And you will find that I that I have done that with a few teams. Coach is older. That's not going to – I mean, they're still going to be placed well. Mm -hmm. But a Sean McVay is going to be ahead of an Andy Reid. Sean McVay well, is the same age I am. And the front office, where do you have their front office ranked? For the Chiefs? Yeah. That was their lowest. It was seven. Wow. Okay. I mean. Or no, the roster was lowest. I apologize. There were seven. And front office encompasses the actual front office structure and the owner. Mm -hmm. I did a ranking for both, and then I averaged them out. Aside from Patrick Mahomes, they don't have a lot of stability in their roster. The roster's not crazy deep. But they've still added guys. Mm -hmm. you, you look at the, their last draft, and obviously I'm talking about the one that I've actually seen these guys on the field, not the guys they drafted in April. You hit Trey Smith. You hit Creed Humphrey. Mm -hmm. That's all I really need you to do. You hit three starters per draft, you're one of the best drafting teams in the league. Yeah, it's what the Baltimore Ravens have done masterfully mm -hmm. my entire life. Mm -hmm. Are you going to have misses? Of course you are. Mm -hmm. Everybody does. Everybody has draft picks that you get them in camp and go, whoa, he could not play a tree in a, child, in a child's play. Out. Seacrest, out. Right. The question is, are you doing that in the third round or are you doing it in the sixth round? Nothing's really going to change for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, obviously they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore, but Travis Kelsey sewed up for 
I think, until 2025 on this team. So him and Patrick Mahomes, that's not going to change. Everything else is interchangeable. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, you know, they're probably not going to be able to have, I don't know, the, the way that the salary cap magic, quote unquote, works in the NFL these days. I mean, maybe you will be able to keep Chris Jones around of course forever. You will. Of course you will. Every team in the NFL, name me the last time that you saw a high-level superstar player that wound up as a free agent Mm -hmm. that did not have either injury or age issues that switched teams. Yep. It's going to be a minute. Because with with voidable years and things like that, you're going to be able to keep that core together. The question is, what happens from 13 to 33? Because that's the difference between Super Bowl contenders – and the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. You're in the sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. So your top three, the Buffalo Bills, then it was who? The Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs. Interesting, interestingly enough, teams that are all in this have been in the Super Bowl talk for the last two years. Oh, you're gonna see a theme. <laughs> Wasn't the one I planned on it being, but you're gonna see and a we'll, theme. And we'll continue to be in the Super Bowl talk for the next three years. We'll give you uh more of the list coming up next. Plus we'll talk some Houston Texans and get just a bit outside. If cleanliness is next to godliness, look around the car right now. Is that very godly? Look, life comes at you fast, but so does WNC Auto Detailing. They have the tools to make your interior look like it's coming off the showroom floor. You don't believe me? Check them out on Instagram. All that filth and years of stains disappear. WNC Auto Detailing does full interior and exterior details with paint correction, and they do wax and ceramic coatings. Call WNC Auto Detailing at 455-3700. Premium care with a Southern Hospitality Touch. At Ingalls, whether we're celebrating Friday Night Rivals, televising college basketball games, bringing the Fan Fest to semi-pro soccer, or taking you out to the ball game at your minor league park, it's all in the bag. Ingalls, low prices, love the savings. Boy, you must be outside your mind. The sportsocracy. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Oh, welcome back into the sportsocracy. Time to get just a bit outside the uh, just outside the mainstream stories from the sports world here every afternoon at three thirty here on ESPN Asheville and um, Charles Barkley. He made headlines the other day when it was said that the LIV was looking for Charles Barkley to come be a broadcaster for whatever plans they have for a broadcast coming up later. Obviously, after right after the Masters, it was David Faraday giving the big old middle finger to the PGA and to NBC saying, I'll see you later. I'm going to the LIV and I'm going to broadcast for them. Now, first off, the matchup between Charles Barkley and David Faraday, the chemistry that could exist between those two, automatically makes me want to watch LIV golf. Oh, absolutely. The, the 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 live tour has found a way to make themselves sexy. Mm-hmm. This is the least sexy sport there is. At the end of the day, it's a bunch of dudes in a field hitting a little tiny ball into a little tiny hole. It's pretty boring by nature. You have found a way to make this attractive. Yes. Now the only thing you need to do is find a way to get it on television where people can see it. That's not going to take long. Oh, it won't. It won't take long at all. You get more and more of these uh, guys jumping 
from the PGA to the LIV. They have the talent for that now. If you put the, yeah, uh, ask yourself this: if you put this on NBC right now, and it was competing with the the the, the final round, which is on Saturdays, is competing against the third round of a PGA tourna- tournament. Which one are you watching? LIV every time. Not close. Uh, you've already passed them there. Mm-hmm. Especially if you make it entertaining by having such characters as David Faraday and Charles Barkley. Well, the deal is not done for Charles Barkley to join them as a broadcaster. He ha- he currently has a three-year deal with Turner Sports to do NBA basketball. Three years, $30 million. But he could walk away from that. He could walk away from that, but I also feel like he could do both. Well, it, the, the rumor is that if he does this, he will walk away. The money that, will probably that's been be so good. floating out there for the last... 48 hours yeah the, the the money would be so good plus we all know charles isn't happy charles is not happy at turner well we just, now we watched, need to, well now we just need to get ernie johnson you get ernie johnson with charles barkley and the the premier league guy whose name i can't think of ernie and David johnson Perry. will never leave turner well i just i need to be able to hear charles barkley ernie <laughs> That shot was terrible. Well, all the all the LIV's got to do is get Ernie Els to come in as a as a commentator. Ian. And, oh, and, that's the right, solution. Right. Yeah, let's do that. That's yeah. fine. Ernie Johnson, you can stay at TNT. You're great at that. Uh, the one thing Charles says is, if I'm going to join you, your broadcast team, you cannot have a Shaq. Yeah, he doesn't seem to love they Shaq. They hate each other. Yeah, he does so not seem much. to love Shaq. Uh, I think everybody hates Shaq, though. I don't. Uh, no, I mean everybody on that panel. Maybe Ernie doesn't. But I know Kenny has problems with him. Kenny Kenny is so mad that Shaq shows up like five minutes before broadcast on the NBA. Hey, nights. Bill Murray's it. Oh, it's, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. When you, you have that, that kind of cash, hey, you can do that. Anyway, Charles Barkley, the deal is not done for him to join them as a broadcaster. However, the deal is apparently done for him to play in the LIV. Well, he's going to play in their Pro-Am event coming up next week at Trump National Golf Club in Bedminster, New Jersey. Apparently, Greg Norman came over and had dinner in Atlanta with Charles yesterday. And they they spoke at length, and Charles has committed to playing in the Pro-Am. When asked about whether or not he was going to be a broadcaster for them, he said there's still more to be done on that so that's fine they'll, the they'll, talks are happening nobody has not done this because of money and charles has made it very clear that money talks oh absolutely and as he says i am not a role model nope i will chase that money any way i can he also said for a hundred million dollars he would kill a blood relative and frankly <laughs> i just appreciate your candor uh the miami hurricanes have put an end to one of the dumbest eras in the history of sports the turnover chain is dead. It's gone. No more. You're just a hater. The turnover chain was fine. It's when it morphed into the turnover backpack and the turnover throne and the turnover chalice with a crown that looked like it belonged at Party City. Just because you That's guys when didn't that have got a cool stupid. I, oh, ours was awful. The turnover backpack. Yeah. You look like uh, you look like a cartoon character on his way to school. Right. Good job, you. Turnover chain, it fit that whole past Miami, you know, the Luther Campbell oh, era. And, and it was fine. And it was it good. had its role. And then, you, and then it just went to stupid. 
Well, yeah, because you had everybody trying to come up with their own. Yeah, your your Georgia Bulldogs legion of doom. Oh, those are awesome. Don't you don't you even start. That's dumb. No, those are awesome. There's only one group that's allowed to wear spikes like that, and it's Animal and Hawk, the Road Warriors. (laughs) End of message. And Raiders fans. And Raiders fans. Okay, you're right. There's there's two. Exactly. No, you those, got a turnover, and now you look like a Raiders no, fan. Those gold shoulder packs, the, the gold shoulder pads with the spikes are awesome. You stop that. I, I, I was thinking more along the lines of, I think it was, uh, was it Akron had a pencil? They had a giant pencil. Oh, yeah, they've all become stupid. Right. And it's like everybody wants to outsmart themselves. The coolest two were the turnover chain and Louisville's turnover belt. Memphis's Ric Flair robe. The Ric Flair robe was fine. That would be in also receiving votes. The fact that Louisville is the home of Muhammad Ali and they actually got the same guy that makes the WBC belt to make them one with Muhammad Ali's face on it. Yeah, that's a good one. You win. Yeah. And then everybody else just went, how stupid can we go here? Mm -hmm. I was waiting for the turnover fanny pack. (laughs) The turnover chain wallet. I don't know why, but that that strikes me as something BYU would do. (laughs) No, BYU does a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah. The magic underwear. The the, the <laughs> I don't With think I can pack. say anything here. And it's the turnover picture of Zach Wilson's mom. Ah, oh, I knew you had to go with the. Of course I the, did. The Cougar reference. Of course I did. Good lord. Of course I did. The, what the, else am I going to do? It's the, it's the BYU Cougar pelt, and not in the way you're thinking. Uh, okay. so you're happy that the U is getting rid of the turnover. Chain. Absolutely. And I'm hoping it gets rid of all the rest of them, too. It won't. I can hope. I can dream. Yeah. Plus, I hate the you. So of course you do. The fact that you came up with something cool, and then we tried to mock it with a backpack. See, that's what it really is. Like, they came, they came up with a cool gimmick, and Florida State went, we could do that, too. And then they went with little kids' backpacks. Uh, yeah. Look, oh. look, I can hold my books in it. Guys, it's cool. It was awesome. It didn't help anything either that Mike Norvell's little uh, dog came up out of the backpack. Uh, it also didn't help that uh, you you put on the turnover backpack and then you lose to Jacksonville State. <laughs> uh, you are in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. So we've uh, we've given you the first three in the NFL futures for the next three years. Buffalo Bills, L.A. Rams. Kansas City Chiefs. And the Kansas City Chiefs. The next four are not surprising either. And they're pretty close to each other. Baltimore Ravens, LA Chargers, Green Bay Packers, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. That if you told me yeah. that's the seven teams that are gonna run this con that are gonna run this league for the next three years, mm-hmm. uh yep. Yep. As long as Green Bay's got uh, Aaron Rodgers, we know the defense is going to be elite for the next three years anyway. And Green Bay's the first one that you look at and go. Well, how do they not get dinged for their quarterback being as old as they as he is? They did. That's mm-hmm. the point. Mm-hmm. The coach is right. The front office is right. They've drafted well. All of that matters. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that are not transient. You don't have a Devontae Adams. I've always said that it's minuscule things like that. And it's not minuscule. It, it, it's If the roster's right and you add Devontae Adams, now you're a Super Bowl contender. If your roster's terrible and you add Devontae Adams, you know what you are? Terrible. Mm-hmm. And there's a team that we're going to talk about that I'm going to wager is drastically lower than you would think. And they did something very similar to that. 
All right, uh, pre-training camp previews. Let's get into the Houston Texans here before the break. So you said at the top of the program, Jeremy, that we're going to talk about so we're in the, we're in the dregs right now, at least as far as this year is concerned with NFL team previews. We're we've done them all down to the Texans, the Lions, and the Jaguars, and those are three teams that you would universally say are in the bottom five of the NFL, right? Yes. If you, if you were if you were trying to project what the bottom of my rankings here looks like in in futures rankings, you would think all three of those teams are in the bottom five, right? I mean, no, there's one of them cuz I do have hope for two of the three. Well, here's the thing. In the bottom 5, one of these teams appears. Mm-hmm. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit Lions, they're not in the bottom 5. No, they're not. But the Houston Texans are. Mhm. They're 31. They're 31. And the fact that we left these three teams should tell you everything you need to know. Because there are three ways that a team can get out of the doldrums. One of them is to blow up everything. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that team later in the show. Another is to bring in a smart guy and just let him do whatever he wants to. You're a winner. We haven't been winners. And you do what you want. And then there's the third way. You try to bring in retreads from all over the league. Well, these guys have all one, so if we add them all together, they'll be fine. That's the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. It's not good. You look at this roster, it is the worst roster in the NFL. They are 32, yes. And there's not much hope. I mean, Davis Mills, I'm he's growing on me. As well he should. He's growing on me. I, I you know, I was very skeptical. And you know what skeptical. you know what Davis Mills is is proof positive of? Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Even the worst franchise in the NFL of which I thought they would be 32. They were not. They were 31. The Chicago Bears are 32. Mm-hmm. You'll get one right every once in a while, but I don't trust you to just look over the course of the last two years. What did this team do right? What have you done well? You have a weapon. Mm-hmm. One. And it's Brandon Cooks. And he, I would say he's probably renting the place he lives in. He didn't buy anything. No doubt. He wanted to be out this year. I mean, we did, he didn't go on record saying that, but I guarantee you, you, to a man, you asked him in private, he would say, I want out of here. And, and you just look at the year over year here, from from handing the reins over to Bill O'Brien, who mm-hmm. blew this roster up, name me the last good player they drafted. Uh, I mean, we think Davis Mills might be. Maybe. Maybe. And, and that should tell you everything you need to know. Because everything else has been disasters. Titus Howard, that was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Now you found a way to slide him in at guard, and he's not just an abject disaster. If he was on any other team in the league, he would have already been cut. But this is just what this is what bad teams do. And you start from the top down, from the ownership group to probably the guys that mow the field. Mm-hmm. Nobody's the best in their industry. And this is what happens when you look at a guy like Nick Casario, who I said when you hired him, there is something about New England Patriots, the, the Belichick disciples. The further they get from Bill, the dumber they get. I don't know why that is. The only thing I can figure is it's because they try to be Bill and they're not. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he's done. You've just brought in these retread veteran guys that will they fit the system. Name me the position 
on this team that is settled? Left tackle. And he's got one foot in the grave and one foot on a banana peel. If somebody would have given them a first-round pick for him, he would be gone. It's the only thing that they have. I, I had one. Laramie the, the kicker. Oh, the you have Kaimi Fairbairn. Congratulations. The most disposable player on the roster. That's the one you have. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what I was trying to say during the draft when they took Kenyon Green. There were teams that had Kenyon Green up there. I have zero faith you can develop him. Zero. And as we did this futures ranking process, that's what I figured out. The coach is transient. Lovey Smith, he won't be here in three years. No. So I didn't ding you that hard for Lovey Smith. He's ahead of all the first-year coaches. I've seen him coach in this league. He's mm-hmm. been to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So he was 22 overall. That's the only reason you're not dead last. Because the Bears have a first-year head coach and you don't. But it's not like he's going to be around for long. I, I feel like last year they actually overachieved from what I thought they would be. And, and what did that get the coach? LMNO fired mm-hmm. because you're a train wreck. There, and there, and the bad thing is for me, for Lovey Smith, I, look, I love him. He came from Tampa Bay. Obviously, he had the success with the Chicago Bears. We know he can coach in the league. There's nothing he can do to save his job. No, and that's the thing. You're, you're, uh, the, the, the Houston Texans are the definition of a team that's on a treadmill. You shouldn't be playing a player on this team that's been in this league for more than five years. Mm-hmm. None. And yet, what do you do? Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack and on and on and on and on and on. It'd be one thing if you just tapped out and said, we're going to play young guys. Mm-hmm. That's what the Detroit Lions have done. There are very few ro- veterans on that roster. I feel drastically better about Detroit. Because Brad Holmes is sitting there going, you know what, I'm going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Or, is it possible that we're going to go 4-13? and 13? Yes, it is. But you know what I'm going to know at the end of this year? I'm going to know six spots on this roster where I have the guy moving forward. How many guys could you say that's even a possibility for the Houston Texans? I don't know. I feel like this draft class was really good. This could end up being the best draft class that they've had probably ever. I mean, they may not have a J.J. Watt or a DeAndre Hopkins or something. All right, so what what is it that you're feeling so warm and fuzzy about with with this draft class? Because I've heard this a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got Derek Stingley, who... And that's fine. ...feel like he was the number one corner in the draft. I mean, at least he was coming into the 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 year. The Sauce Gardner was the number one corner in the draft. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, and that's not because he went to the Jets. I said that right, 147 right. Yes, yes. times. The, the longest reception he allowed last year was 13 yards. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that was spicy. And here's my problem with Stingley. Did I like the talent? Yes, he needs to be developed. Because I felt like he was he was left on the vine to die at LSU. It's like, it like growing vegetables. If you don't water them, you know what they tend to do? Die. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened with Derek Stingley. They did not develop him at all. The natural talent was unbelievable, and it was very obvious. The problem is they didn't develop him. So now, yes, he has great raw tools, but he's very rough around the edges. Do I feel like Houston's going to develop that? No. You don't have faith in Lovey Smith as a defense. I don't think Lovey Smith's going to be there. I have zero faith in him as a head coach. I mean, okay, you get two years of tutelage around Lovey Smith, and then what? Now you're a guy that's learning another scheme. You know where I saw you do that exact same thing? LSU. LSU. And you regressed every single year. Right. Kenyon Green, 
very ready-made player, but to get the most out of him, you're mm-hmm. going to have to develop him. Mm-hmm. Who was the last offensive lineman they developed? Laramie Tunsil came here as a pro bowler. Was Max Sharping? Uh, that is reaching to the highest degree. But I, I'm just trying to think. That, like uh, That's the only one that came to my mind. And, and that's you the point. You can't use Titus Howard. No. You, you drafted a left tackle that was an abject disaster. And you finally just went, well, we have to put him somewhere. And you slot him at guard. He just so happened to be good. Mm-hmm. But that's my problem. If I, John Mechie is the one that – that's my favorite example. Because John Mechie needs to eat eight cheeseburgers a day for about the next six months, be in the best strength and conditioning program humanly possible, mm-hmm. and get the opportunities. Do you really think he's going to get that in Houston? I mean, they're already slotting him as the three. Because, oh, well – I mean, bereft of talent. And I get that. But we got to prop up Nico Collins. Stop. Stop. And Chris Conley, that's going to get mm-hmm. way more snaps than you think. Mm-hmm. It's just what this team but also, does. But also in this year's draft class, they had Damian Pierce, who I Woo. feel like is a, he's going to be a decent running back at the, in the league. Uh, let me, is he going to be a an pro? I'm not saying that. If you're hanging your hat on a draft class, on a running back, that's like trying to sell your house and saying it has really nice fixtures. No, he's the, Like, look, the sink is pretty. Well, the bathroom caught on fire. So uh, I don't really care about the sink. No, he's the four in this draft class. And you got Jalen Petrie. Woo. Jalen Petrie, another player without a position that's going to have to be developed. I don't count. I, I cannot count on Houston to do that. I think they're the biggest dumpster fire in all of sports. I agree. I don't like the Houston Texans either. And it ain't going to look good over the, uh, over the next few years. Who knows where this team is headed? Uh, maybe that relegation thing that people keep floating out there, maybe that does need to be a thing. And you could see the Houston Texans in the XFL one day. You're in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. Coming up next, Jeremy previews another 2023 NFL draft prospect. Guys that you should watch for this upcoming college football season. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. Everyone's heard about the housing market and this being the best time to sell a house in years. But the same thing applies to cars. Whether you're looking to buy a car, trade in, or sell that car in the driveway collecting dust, Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville wants to buy your car. They have two on-site managers that work with Kelly Blue Book to give you top dollar for your vehicle. You can even have your car appraised instantly at AndersonNissan.com. Stop in and visit them today at 629 Brevard Road, Nashville, or call them at 828-365-1663.
back in the Ingles studio on ESPN Asheville. The uh, 2023 NFL draft seems like it's forever away. Oh, it's not. It's not because you need to start paying attention before the season starts to the key players that are going to try to improve their draft stock this year in college football. And uh, Jeremy's doing 50 of them. We did two yesterday and he got two more today. So let's talk about how about a Tar Heel today? I'm uh, I'm very very fond of this particular player, and this may be higher than you see him anywhere else. I think he could take a tremendous leap forward this year. In my first mock draft, I actually had him in the first round. I had two Tar Heels in the first round. Oh, and the first one, oh, number yeah, forty-eight Josh, overall, Josh Downs is Tony Grimes. Yes, the raw on him is intoxicating. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say something. This is going to sound weird to anybody that's not as that, that doesn't do scouty things like I do. The fact that Storm Duck came back changes everything for him. Agreed. Because now, instead of being just the no doubt number one, you have to follow around whoever the number one is. Now you got two that are dangerous. The Storm Duck is very high to me mm-hmm. in terms of corners going into this class. I don't from one to fifteen. I don't love this class as much as I did the last one. So far, that could change. And you haven't always seen it from Tony Grimes, but you can see the raw talent is there. You can see that between the speed, because he breaks on a football, unlike I have seen many corners over the years do. There's been some bad. The the, the tackling needs to get better because he has been, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to be nice here and say he hasn't been great at that. But if he adds that element and can just year over year grow on what we've already seen, I think he can be a special player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's very, uh, I mean, he's very good. And, you know, he came in, he came in young. This oh, he a, did. This is a guy that reclassified and joined the program two years ago. And I feel like people forget that. I, I feel like, especially with basketball, basketball has changed the reclassification thing mm-hmm. football players reclassify they are not ready to really produce tony grimes comes in doesn't go so well ah whatever happened to him you got to remember this is basically his second year mm-hmm. he was pretty good last year in in doses and i think just the fact that you're you're rounding off the body you're you're getting more mature as time goes on I think if there's another Sauce Gardner in this class, I won't be shocked if it's Tony Grimes. You're in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. Tony Grimes, the latest of the 50 players you need to watch going into the college football season. We'll have another preview of a player coming up for you in the next hour as we do two-a-days leading up to the season. He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green. Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets and Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. You are in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. The sportsocracy always heard everywhere, live or on demand, on the iHeartRadio app, and of course, seen everywhere on YouTube. Go to thesportsocracy.com 
Click on the live video link. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel so you can get into the chat with us. It's the time of the week that we always use to visit with our good friend, Caleb Peak at CPeakAVL on Twitter. He is the baseball nerd. He is the baseball guy. And now I care. Now I care. Now I care about baseball. Oh, you do? Uh, well, I mean, of course I do. Because oh, there's my mic. Yeah. I mean, of course I do. Because it's now post-All-Star break. Now you're talking about playoff pushes. Now the season matters. Now it's a little bit of a different story because storylines happen and as always monday was the highlight of the week the home run derby nothing will touch it in baseball ever now, were you disappointed by it this year or did you Hell no it was fun right it was awesome i you know here's the thing it only happens once a year that i have something that is so exciting in baseball that i can't peel myself away from i had actually forgotten how great the home run derby was last year but it's all with the with the the bat clock and everything and you know i just think it adds so much more to the competition and the the funniest part to me and i hope everybody took my advice when jeremy said on uh on friday of last week that the odds weren't great enough on juan soto to take him in the home run derby i hope you all listened to me and took my advice at five and a half to one because I thought there was no other way that this was going to work out. Like, Juan Soto comes into this with the chip on his shoulder of wanting to be the next guy to get the generational deal in baseball, but he doesn't want it from the Washington Nationals. They offer him $440 million over 15 years, and he went, no, nah, I'm good. I'm really good. And I think that has to do a lot with the future of that uh, of that organization. It has to do with the fact that if he goes out on the open market, somebody's going to pay him half a billion dollars. Oh. I feel certain of that. Well, sure, that's what he's holding out for. And yeah. all this pent-up aggression, that explains the big bat flip at the very yeah. end, right? Let it all out, young Because man. this is my moment. This is my moment to be able to show everybody, all of the fans that are watching, who I am we all know how you know baseball fans you pay attention to major league baseball you know how good Juan Soto is but did you know he was that good did you know he had that little extra attitude in him some people don't like that I love that I love the passion of these young players in major league baseball no he's been that guy for a couple of years now mm -hmm. we're seeing it more now than in years past because well he's proven who he is he's 23 years old yeah and he, I mean, he's got a long way to go, but he, I mean, he's in the 500 foot club. Mm -hmm. Nothing he hit in the home run derby eclipses his career high. I mean, I th what did he go? 515 last year? Something Just like a that. steroid era type bomb. I mean, mm -hmm. this kid unloads on home runs. He's still got, I mean, 20 more years of, of professional life left in him. And the more I think about the deal he turned down, I get it. I mean, I was a little bit of a detractor at first. Oh, $415 million isn't good enough for me. But you look at the deal they offered him. Over 15 years would have been 20, just shy of $30 million, $29.33 million per year. That doesn't even put him in the top five in the major leagues mm -hmm. as far as average salary. Right now, at the, the, at the top of the list, it's Max Scherzer pulling in over $43 million per year. I mean, the Mets just, they rolled out the bankroll for Max Scherzer. So Juan knows what he's worth. It's almost like an Aaron Judge situation. Go ahead and bet on yourself, especially, well, with the fact that the team is up for sale. 
And that's kind of the quiet part that not many people want to talk about is that the Lerner family in Washington, D.C. is ready to offload this team. They are going to make a windfall. I mean, they are going to make an absolute killing off of this team. Since they've owned it since 1999, it's it's tripled, almost quadrupled in value. It's over the $2 billion mark as far as revenue is concerned. Mm-hmm. This team is going to be they're, they're going to sell. And the question is, who is going to buy? And that's an even bigger question for Juan Soto because what happens to the direction of the team now? It's not you don't want to go ahead and, and place your stamp on being a lifetime member of a club when it could very well end up being a rudderless ship. That they've already been sold out of Washington twice over the course of their history. This mm-hmm. is their third stint in the nation's capital. Mm-hmm. Who's to say it, it doesn't happen again and you lose that entire fan base? So Juan knows what he's worth. He's going to get what he's worth. Uh, looks like the Padres and the Blue Jays right now are at the top of the list when it comes to teams interested in picking him up. Who's shocked? Who's right? Makes perfect sense. I mean, the Padres are already spending a billion dollars on uh, on uh, Machado and, and, Tatis. Uh, and Tatis. Yeah, and so that's just two not? guys. They're a win now type of squad. Oh, yeah. That's what Buster Olney said this morning on Get Up. This is a team that's all in for right now. And until they get Tatis back, the, the capability isn't really there. They're fine, but they're not Dodgers good. God, I, hope, uh, I hope he doesn't end up with the uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, as a Red Sox fan, it's already hard enough in the AL East. Can we can we please not do it? But on the other hand, I love Juan Soto. I love the attitude. Love the youth. Love the skills. But I don't want my team to be the one to pay him half a billion dollars. Right. Uh, and there's two. Well, uh, hang on a second. You you might come around on that because there's two parts to this. Toronto could use him because they have such a, a murderer's row in the lineup between Bichette and Vladdy Jr. and all those heavy-hitting right-handers. What they're missing is a powerful lefty. They don't have anybody who can hit from the other side of the plate. Mm-hmm. Juan Soto would take care of that. So he's well worth his weight in gold just to just to put him in the left-handed batter's box and at the very least pull Toronto out of this funk that they're in mm-hmm. they're kind of like the angels of the east at this point they're losing games and losing series kind of inexplicably they're not they're number one stars number one and number two and Bichette and Vladdy Jr. aren't contributing I mean Vladdy's had his injury issues but nothing major I mean nothing debilitating these guys for what you're paying them they need to produce they produced last year what's happening in 2022 not very much the the team that's not mentioned though your Boston Red Sox could greatly use Juan Soto. Oh, absolutely. And, and in order to pay him, you've, you've got to offload some talent. Juan Soto is a, a left fielder. He prefers to play right field, but let's be real. He's going to play in left field because of the arm strength, because of the speed. You, Alex Verdugo, mm-hmm. he's a good player. Mm-hmm. He's also three years older than Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. You could stand to lose him. You could also stand to part with Bobby Dahlback at first base. Mm-hmm. And Josh Bell, not for nothing, the first baseman in Washington, he's kind of been mentioned as well as kind of a a secondary trade option for Washington. So who's to say you don't put an offer on the table if you're Boston? Alex Verdugo in left field, Bobby Dahlbeck primarily coming off the bench now at first base. I mean, he's he's an every other day kind of guy. Put them on the block. Another prospect, maybe a couple of prospects and some cash options from the minor leagues for Juan Soto. Mm -hmm. And as an afterthought, Josh Bell. What are you losing if you're Boston? I mean, you pay well, more for Juan say, Soto. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna lose all that money. Yeah. And, and look, I get Boston prints money. So, I mean, they're one of the few franchises that does that. Now, you got the New York Yankees. You got the L.A. Dodgers. You got the Boston Red Sox. They print money. It doesn't matter what they spend on players. I mean, I went through this with the Mookie Betts thing. 
Like, do we are we going to be the team to pay him half a billion dollars? And I wrestled around with it for a long time. And now that I've seen Mookie in L.A., I go, you know what? He's really not really not worth that it's money. It's not worth that kind it's of money. It's not worth that kind of money. So, you know, is Juan Soto going to be as good as Mookie Betts was in Boston? I doubt it. But it's intriguing. I just... I get that the trade makes perfect sense. Like I can, I can do what I love Alex Verdugo have since we got him in the Mookie Betts deal. But I just don't, I, I don't know about paying that much for a player because every time we do that, it it goes horribly. The other day, Jeremy and I were talking, and he was, I don't remember who we were talking about, but he said something about this person is the most snake bitten person in all of sports. And part of me wanted to go, do you not know who Chris Sale is? <laughs> oh, my God. Chris Sale comes back right before the All-Star break and pitches. What Did he even pitch a full inning? He got into the second. No, got, no, maybe. What I think it was the first inning, actually. I think it was actually. the first inning. Yeah. I think he got through two, uh, two-thirds, two-thirds of, an inning. of an inning. And he broke his finger. And now he's going to be gone for another nine weeks. Right. Like, it's a different thing every time with Chris Sale, whether it's the elbow or the knee or... Uh, the rib problem that he had in spring training, and now he's got a broken finger on a comebacker against the Yankees. Like, this is just... And, and we paid him a boatload of money to to do it, and it just tends to always go this way. Every time you pay somebody huge money, it doesn't pan out. Remember how much we gave, we gave David Price? On, now, a, now, on a one-year he, deal, now wasn't he it? Was, he was on a uh, championship team for the Boston Red Sox, but right. he was coming out of the bullpen. Like, we were paying this guy $28 million a year, and he's coming out of the bullpen. At 65 years old. Right. I mean, how old is David Price? Oh, God. It, it was just... He's dust. I just don't like I don't like it anymore. I, I, I used to be the guy, hey, let's go chase A-Rod. And then he went to the Yankees, and we beat the Yankees and all of that. And it's like, okay, well, maybe we don't need to do that. I'm... You know, if we get Juan Soto and we choose to do that, of course I'm going to pull for him. He's going to be awesome. And I think he'll be awesome wherever he goes. I just don't know that I want my team to be the one. Well, to do it. And that's where the universal DH comes into play. I mean, well, it really wouldn't matter if he's in the American League. But that's the thing about these lifetime contracts. You do have to worry about the injuries. You do have to worry about the longevity because the last thing you need is another Bobby Bonilla situation where you're paying some guy who's sitting at home watching you on TV. I mean, it's it it, it, it inevitably happens. Mm-hmm. But if you're a DH, and that's what happened with Bryce Harper. You move him out of Washington, he goes to Philadelphia, he plays a little bit in right field, but now he's a designated hitter, which, you know, it, it he paid the price for that. You know, hit on the finger, he's out indefinitely. But it's one of those freak accident kind of things. Maybe it happens one year, but it's not going to happen every year. That's what would happen with Juan Soto. I'm going to take him out of the out of the field. I'm going to pull him out of the outfield place him at DH, and that's where he's going to stay for the next 15 years because you can't risk somebody that valuable in the field. Could something happen in the batter's box? Probably, but it's risk versus reward, and mm-hmm. you're going to get a heck of a lot more of a reward with Juan Soto standing there swinging a huge piece of lumber. Well, Juan Soto, he took home the title at the Home Run Derby on Monday night. I love the Home Run Derby. We have to talk about the surprise of the Home Run Derby, at least for me. Because I'm not even sure I really knew this guy existed before the home run derby. And then he went nanners. And now he's one of my favorite young players in the in all of Major League Baseball. You're in the Sportsocracy with me, Tank Spitzer and Caleb Peak. We'll be back right after this.
Everyone's heard about the housing market and this being the best time to sell a house in years. But the same thing applies to cars. Whether you're looking to buy a car, trade in, or sell that car in the driveway collecting dust, Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville wants to buy your car. They have two on-site managers that work with Kelly Blue Book to give you top dollar for your vehicle. You can even have your car appraised instantly at AndersonNissan.com. Stop in and visit them today at 629 Brevard Road, Nashville, or call them at 828-365-1663. The Sportsocracy. What are you people? On dope? Welcome back into the Ingalls studio on ESPN Asheville and on the Sportsocracy.com. Talking baseball with Caleb Peak and Julio Rodriguez. He's a rookie. He came into the uh, home run derby. And I wasn't expecting much. I mean, I know, and you know, you know, you know, these guys are in the home run derby. They can mash. But he just came up with like this fearless swagger and ended up bombing like 60 homers in the first two rounds. And I feel like, you know, were this a more popular sport, <laughs> he would be much more talked to. Like if this were, if this were even at the level of the uh, NBA slam dunk contest, he would have a shoe. I mean, it's by hard, now. It's, I mean, Nike would have swooped him up <laughs> if he didn't have a deal already, and he would be putting out shoes like crazy. Well, it's hard to believe the home run derby isn't at the level of the slam dunk contest at this point. But he he is the talk of the town. I mean, players on both sides of the All Star team, both NL and AL, could not get enough of this kid. I mean, he was friendly. He was he was talking up a storm. He wasn't a wallflower by any means. Was out there making friends, making an impact. What did I say on this show about this time last week? One of those teams to watch heading down the stretch, the Seattle Mariners, mm-hmm. because of the the tenacity, the audacity to believe that there's something special. Well, Julio Julio Rodriguez is the spearhead there. He's the tip of the spear. He has something special. Uh, what was it? Six total in the history of the of the uh, home run derby six total 30 run 30 home run routes have ever been recorded mm-hmm. julio rodriguez has two of them mm-hmm. including his very first run his very first round in the home run derby what was right. it 32 home runs 32 he put up. homers in the first uh to beat Corey seager the former los angeles dodger mm-hmm. on his uh, old home turf obviously he now plays for the texas rangers and then had 31 to Put the pressure on Pete Alonso and the defending two-time champion in the second round in the semifinals, and you knew. I mean, I mean, I didn't have any faith in what do they call him, the polar bear? Yeah, is that what they call him? You didn't think Pete Alonso was going to win? No, I picked him. I thought it was going to be a three-peat. I, I mean, I thought it. Would, you know, he had a good shot to win, but after I saw Julio Rodriguez put up thirty-one before him, I went, "There's no shot." Pete Alonso is not coming back from this. Julio Rodriguez is he he might face Albert Pujols in the final. Was that a big shock to you that Albert Pujols came out of the uh, first round against Kyle Schwarber? Kind of. I, I was a little bit shocked by that. Uh, Schwarber underperformed. He didn't have it. Yeah, he, it, he it, it was not a good swing. round for him. He right. should have beaten Albert. He did not. I mean, I feel plain like and simple. It. I feel like he threw it. You think so? I no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> 
you could tell he was trying and he was he was he just didn't have it he right. like he kept looking at the camera and everybody was standing around like i i don't know what's happening right now i can't hit 14 home runs like what is wrong with me i remember when i was a kid we'd watch the home run derby and somebody hit 14 home runs in a round and you'd be like did you see that he hit 14 home-? it was like the you could hear a pin drop on the broadcast because the when Pujols walked away with, what was it, 13 home 13, runs? 13, yeah. Before he got the overtime or the swing off or whatever. I mean, they they, they couldn't say anything. They're like, oh, well, that was nice. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Albert got 13. Now watch <laughs> Kyle Schwarber. I thought he was going to do it in a minute. Right. Like, it's only going to take 60 seconds for Kyle Schwarber to knock Albert Pujols out, and we're not even going to have to worry about this. But then as it went on, I was like, wait a minute. Is is he doing this on purpose so Albert gets a little more curtain time? And that's a huge reason why I love this new format of the Home Run Derby because it, it emphasizes how difficult it really is. I mean, growing up, you, you think it's a fun thing. It is a fun thing. I mean, it, it's a it's something guys like to be a part of. But you, you would think it would be easy just to stand up there with no helmet or a hat turned backwards and just yak, right? Just just go yard all day. Well, it's not. I mean, these are big parks. I mean, Dodger mm-hmm. Stadium's not the biggest in the league, but it is not easy to clear the fence and to do it over and over and over again. In the past, you didn't have the timeouts. You only had a set number of balls. You no, know? yeah, you only you had to ha- you had to ha- hit as many home runs as you could before you got ten outs, and everything exactly. that wasn't a home run was an out. Well, you see these guys now, I mean, in three minutes, they're taking 50, 60 swings, and half of them could be outs. So you're you're getting the bloated numbers because they're on a pitch clock. But that was the other thing with Albert. Like, I kept watching it going, there's no way he's going to win this thing because they're taking forever to pitch to him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's so old, like, the, the pitcher doesn't know what he's doing. He's, like, setting up and waiting for Albert, like... You got to fire. You got to rapid fire these things. And by by Albert's second round, you know he's taking his time getting mm-hmm. back into the box. He's tapping the plate. He's wasting seconds. He, he even he didn't expect to win the thing. I don't think he thought he was going to get past Schwarber in the first round. Heck no. so he wasn't trained. He wasn't conditioned no. for this. He's an old man. All a- anyway, the respect in the world, but yeah. Anyway, all in all, the home run derby I thought was you know it's always better than the game itself, but you know. I I think the I think baseball's actually doing this right. I just wish more people would watch it, more people more people talked about it. Um because I feel like I mean, Julio Rodriguez, it's great to have a bat like that back in a Seattle Mariners uniform cuz yes, I did the same thing everybody else did. You flash back to watching King Griffey Jr. Absolutely. when you were a kid in the home there run derby just smashing balls. And you know, to a much lesser extent Robinson Cano, but they haven't had one since you know since since Ken. So and how great would it have been because Ken Griffey Jr. presented the uh, the home run derby trophy this year. I I was pulling for Rodriguez so much just so Ken would be able to present him with the trophy. Mm-hmm. But it, that's that's one thing though. I was talking with this uh, Jeremy and I were going back and forth on Tuesday about this that even though it wasn't the most all-star of the all-star games you're missing a lot of big names in the home run derby i mean aaron judge wasn't part of it for crying out loud Mm -hmm. because he's already won it he didn't want to be a part of it again so for whatever reason your home run leader in the league doesn't want to be in the home run derby because he didn't want to lose yeah but this at the same time it's an (laughs) i see what you did there well i mean it's true I feel like you think aaron judge would have lost i don't know i don't know if he would have won or if he would have lost i'm just it looks bad when you're the home run leader and you get into the home run derby and you lose. You're right. Uh, do you think that Aaron Judge 
I mean, I know he's fully capable, but do you think that if he were in it and he had been, you know, the number three seed, he probably would have been the number one overall seed, but still, uh, you know, if he'd have been the number three seed, do you think he could have, it was likely that he was going to hit 33 home runs to take down Julio Rodriguez? No, it looks bad. Like last year, Shohei Otani losing in the first round. We all expected him to walk through the competition. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have done it either. So I feel like that had that plays a, a a role because it's all about well you're the best in game why can't you do it in batting practice yeah and I I compare it to the NBA Rising Stars Challenge because you get to see the up and comers that's exactly what Julio Rodriguez is we're going to be talking about this guy for a long time and without the overshadowing you know of the Aaron Judges of the world he had a chance to step up and show out and I loved it I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, second half of the season is underway. We've got uh, games going on around Major League Baseball today already and uh, coming up this evening as well. So I got to ask you, looking at the second half of the season, first question is, does it matter that two of the hottest teams going into the All-Star break were the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles? Do you care about the Orioles? No. I mean, it's cool. It's a nice story, but it, it, at the end of the day, it's much ado about nothing. I mean, there's still 500 games out of first place. I mean, it's almost mathematically impossible, even with an entire half of baseball remaining, to even make a run. Mm-hmm. So it's cool for the Orioles, but I'm not paying attention to them. For the Mariners, however, if they keep up this pace, 14 in a row coming into the All-Star mm-hmm. break, the first time it's ever been done in the history of the league they're going to keep it rolling i mean the mariners aren't going away you've seen what rodriguez is capable of we've seen what cal raleigh is capable of behind the plate that's a bat that's only getting hotter as time goes along he was somebody that a lot that a lot of people slept on coming into the season cal raleigh is going to be uh he's going to be a major factor coming through but the mariners will stay hot are they hot enough to catch the astros maybe unlikely but the Strohs didn't look good coming into the into the All-Star break. They lose their last series to the Athletics. The Oakland A's take two of three from Houston going into the break. And now they've got a series with the Yankees. Actually, game one of that series is happening right now. They lose that series, and they, Houston is going to be on a downtrend. I mean, they're going to have to turn things around. Now, they've still got a sizable lead in the West. But the Mariners, with those again, with three wild card slots open this year in either league, You've got a lot of opportunities to make the playoffs, even if you're not a number one top tier in in your division, in your league, whatever. There's a lot of chances to slide in. The Mariners are due to grab one of those. And I, I mean, if they stay even remotely as hot as they have been, I think they coast into one of those wild card spots. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it in the past. The Washington Nationals in 2019. If you get into the playoffs, you have a chance. Yep. You're in the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Uh, what else? Uh, who else are you looking forward to watching over the second half of the season? Uh, the NL East. I mean, of course, big, big Braves fan here. Uh-huh. But but DeGrom, his, uh, Jacob DeGrom in New York with his return, his majestic resurgence and his return to the mound that was supposed to happen against either the Padres or the Yankees, which is the first and the second series coming out of the All-Star break. He was supposed to come back on his white horse and save the day for a New York pitching staff that's not that great. You've got Max Scherzer and who else? Carlos Carrasco that might be able to do something. It's been the defense. I mean, the defense and the occasional well-placed hit that's made New York so good over the first half. It's without DeGrom, 
you really run the risk of allowing Atlanta to trim that two and a half game lead. You, you could probably be even with one another because the, the the Braves have three softball series coming back out. You've got the Angels. You've got a tough one on the road against Philadelphia in the second series, and then you come right back home against Arizona. You three series that are easily win, easily winnable for Atlanta. And so if New York doesn't respond, if if they don't, if Degrom doesn't come back soon, and if he comes back and doesn't have his stuff. We're going to have a horse race coming down to September for the uh, for the NL East. Only two and a half games separate the New York Mets from the second place Atlanta Braves in the NL East division. The AL East is going to be fun to watch as yes. well with uh, those teams fighting at the top. I mean, the Yankees are running away with it, but it's going to be a hell of a race between the Rays, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays coming down the stretch and who knows maybe the orioles maybe you know yeah, eh, yeah. Eh. Uh, don't bet on it <laughs> boston could slide in there with a wild card though they could 100 percent. they could uh but uh the fact that chris sale is going to be on another nine weeks uh yeah woo thanks yeah. for that you are in the sportsocracy <laughs> here on espn Asheville. caleb peak back with us next week to talk more baseball here on make me care thursdays on espn Asheville. At Ingalls, whether we're celebrating Friday Night Rivals, televising college basketball games, bringing the Fan Fest to semi-pro soccer, or taking you out to the ball game at your minor league park, it's all in the bag. Ingalls, low prices, love the savings. I am now over 80 pounds down now on the PhD weight loss program. We've been doing it since Thanksgiving. I've been working the plan. Their healthy nutrition, the protein-based diet that I am on with PhD weight loss, has helped me lose over 80 pounds. I cannot be happier with my results, and I owe it all to Dr. Ashley Lucas, the MVP of PhD. You have been running 5Ks and doing things like that, which that was not really my goal. I've always been athletic. I've always done athletic things. I just wanted to be able to do it and not die for 48 hours afterwards. And thanks to the plan and program at PhD, I'm able to do that. I'm playing golf the same way I did in my early 20s. I'm down to my high school weight, and I haven't felt like this since I was in high school. And it's all thanks to PhD weight loss. 213 pounds after being 295, mypHDweightloss.com. PhD Weight Loss, the official weight loss program of the Clemson Tigers and their fans. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. Welcome back into the Sportsocracy here on ESPN, Asheville 92.9 FM. And guess what, Jeremy? Um, I've got a crime story here. Who's shocked? Uh, so you're going double crimes? I'm going double crimes. i got another crime story that I'll tell you in the crime segment in the third hour of the program. Uh, but this, this is weird because a, a convicted murderer is, well, he was on the loose in Michigan because he escaped. Now, he didn't tunnel through the walls or, you know, cut it cut a hole in the fence or 
his girlfriend wasn't outside distracting the guards with doing Tawny Katane type stuff on the top of her car. Uh, he escaped in a, in, in a novel way. I've never heard of anybody doing this before. But um, so this guy, he was convicted of a murder in Tennessee back in 2005. So he served his time on that, and he was most recently charged with possession of narcotics, felony uh, possession of ammunition, and having an open alcohol container in his vehicle. So he was able to post bond. $450 was all it cost him. A third party made the uh made, made the 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 I don't know, purchase is not the right word. Made the transaction at a kiosk at the county jail. Problem is, once the guy went free, he called the credit card company and had them uh decline the charge as a fraudulent charge. So, they have charged him now with escaping because he canceled the credit card transaction this guy is 50 years old his name is thomas big tank katiwa and yeah uh so now not only is he facing an escape charge not only is he facing the other charges that he was originally booked on but now he can add credit card fraud to all of it i've never heard of anybody canceling their bond payment that is an interesting strategy. <laughs> In the uh, just a bit outside, I told you about the death of the turnover chain. Mario Cristobal said that it, it didn't fit the culture at Miami anymore, so they got rid of it. Mm -hmm. Well, last week, something else died that should have died long, long ago. Internet Explorer. After <laughs> 27 years, it's dead. And people like me are hailing its demise because it was the most god-awful browser in the history of creation. It was. I also don't actually know who used it. I have never seen somebody sit down at a computer and go, let me open Internet Explorer. Well, apparently I'm not the only one that feels that way. This guy's name is Jung Ki-young. He is a South Korean software engineer, and he has commemorated the death of Internet Explorer by buying it its own tombstone, which he is displaying at a memorial in a cafe that his brother owns just outside of town. Nice. The tombstone says he was good. It says Internet Explorer, the, the start date, the end date. He was a good tool to download other browsers. <laughs> that is the most accurate memorial I have ever seen. It was because at first it was Firefox and then it became Google Chrome. Oh, Google Chrome is, if you don't have Chrome as your browser right now, I'm going to need you to explain that. Right. Microsoft Edge. Now, Awful. Now, what's the new one? Is that the Edge? Edge is, is the new one, and it's uh, it, basically it's Internet Explorer uh, with a fresh coat of paint. Also was, terrible. Wasn't there one called like Silverlight or something like that? I don't know. That sounds like crimes. I don't, <laughs> I don't, it sounds like you were doing crimes and just admitted it on the air. No, I thought that was the You about to break out a LimeWire or a Bear Share? You want to admit some other crimes here on the air? Uh, what was the one, Pirate Bay? I'm going was... to be really honest with you. At this point, you could tell me you still used Bear Share, and I would judge you less than if you said, I use Internet Explorer. I don't. Who burns CDs anymore? That was the only reason to use that thing. You d did until recently. It's but now, thanks, you, thanks to Fred Anderson Nissan, you've got a brand new car. I do. They gave you an extra $250 on your trade. 
which means they gave you $254 because it was worth about $4. Right. And now you're toddling around town in a brand new Rogue? Thanks to our friends at Fred Anderson Nissan. They are our friends. They want to be your friends, too. They will give you $250 extra on your trade just for telling them that you heard about them right here with your friends at the Sportocracy. Indeed. Over the next three years in the NFL, who are the teams set up for success? Um, We've been reacting to the ranking that ESPN did yesterday. Stupid. They had their formula. Jeremy went, their formula's stupid. I'm going to do my own formula. I like math. And so now we have the definitive sportsocracy power ranking for the next three years in the NFL. And our top teams, the Buffalo Bills, the L.A. Rams, Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens, L.A. Chargers. No qualms with any of those in the top five. The Green Bay Packers have a big question about whether or not uh, is Aaron Rodgers going to be around for a while. I feel like with the $200 million deal that they got, just got done – He's not going to renege on that, and they will be all hunky-dunky with an elite defense for at least the next three years. So they come in at six. Then you got the Cincinnati Bengals, who I would probably rank a little bit ahead of the Green Bay Packers just because of their youth movement. Undervaluing the consistency of the front office. Indeed. I, I get it. Indeed. You're, you're looking at the roster as it sits. I get it. I am. I am. Uh, so they come in at seven. That's as far as we've gotten in the list. Now, the next the next two teams it might surprise you because they both have giant question marks at the quarterback position not this year but next year and years to come but the way the mr wizard formula works i trust their front office to get this right Mm -hmm. because they have been over the last few years front office has been good in one case they have a good coach it's the Indianapolis Colts and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. And I'll tell you a fun story. The top nine of my list and the top nine of the ESPN list are very much the same. Mm-hmm. It's the same nine teams, just in a very different order. Mm-hmm. It's after that that it starts to get sideways. The Philadelphia Eagles at 10. The Cleveland Browns at 11. And the San Francisco 49ers at 12. And the only massive difference there, they had the Eagles at 15. You're grossly undervaluing the power of the front office. True. Because they have one of the best front offices in the league. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep saying this. That's the non-transient part. But but Jalen Hurts is not very good. I get that. And guess what? If he's not good for six games this year, you do something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a front office that they did some good things, but then there was the Jalen Hurts thing. And I felt like it swung back to the other side. After Nick Sirianni was able to help this team get to the playoffs last year with reinventing the wheel on offense, just going straight running team basically, and taking a couple of shots down the field here and there with Jalen Hurts, found a way to make this team competitive in the playoffs. And then in this offseason, they have added some things that make you go, yeah, maybe, maybe Howie and the gang actually do have a good plan and the whole Carson Wentz Jalen Hurts thing was just a speed bump on their way to relevance in the Super Bowl talk Mm -hmm. so you have the teams we've already mentioned and then the Pittsburgh Steelers all of those teams are there's a pretty drastic discrepancy between them and the rest of the league Mm -hmm. what do every one of those teams have in common 
When was the last time outside of the Bengals that you saw any of them as bad? Bad, 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 bad. Uh, well, I mean, it, it hadn't been that long for Tampa. Six years. Yeah. Six years. Six years since you were that bad. And now that's a lot of Tom. And that brings me to a point. Because we, and, and, and I knew one of our, our wonderful Saints fans would ask this question, where are the Saints? They and the Bucks are the two teams that will prove my point uh, of of how it's transient, but only to a point. Mm-hmm. Right now, you have the Bucks that are more set at quarterback than they have been ever. But the instability at quarterback, mm-hmm. or the instability at coach, excuse me, with with Bruce Arians walking away. Now you got Todd Bowles. That puts you on the outside of the real contenders looking in. Todd Bowles comes in, has a good year, you're in the top five if you retain Tom Brady. The New Orleans Saints lose Sean Payton. They've been a staple of the top 12. Mm -hmm. Now you have a little instability there. If Dennis Allen so much came in and was a top 15 coach in the NFL, if you're just joining us, all the first-time head coaches are in the bottom five. There are five rookie head coaches. There's no way to evaluate them. And I do feel like it affects you that much. The retread coaches are next. Mm-hmm. The the Dennis Allens, the Josh McDaniels. That moves the ranking a little bit. If you just switched the numbers that the Bucks have at quarterback and the number that the Saints have at, 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 with their coach, and you put both in the top, put the Saints in the top fifteen with both, and the Bucks where the Saints are currently, mm-hmm. you know how different it changes things. How different? The Saints become eight, and the Bucks drop to 21. Wow. Oh, it's great to have your front office in line mm-hmm. and be able to get the draft right. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a coach or a quarterback, you're doomed. Mm-hmm. You're doomed. Name me the last team that did not have an, either an elite quarterback or an elite coach. That won a Super Bowl? Yep, because yeah. that kills that Trent Dilfer thing that people love to do because you had Brian Billick, mm-hmm. who was an original, phenomenal coach. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things I didn't expect. You can survive having one of these off. And that takes me to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of the five things in this, how many do they have that are off? They good at coach? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're top, top three in the league. Yeah. Have they been a historically good drafting team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah top half of the league. Good front office. Mm-hmm. Even with the new GM, I'm I'm not overly worried about it because he's been in the organization yeah, for 20 years. within, absolutely. And the roster's good, right? Yeah. That's enough to keep you in the top 12 of the league. It's enough to keep you in the top 12 of the league. And you know what's funny? They've had one of those be a problem for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. For the last 10 years, one of those has been a problem at some point. You know what they've always been? Competitive. Mm-hmm. You can have one flaw. The roster can be... Less than ideal, which is where I find the New England Patriots right now. The roster's not ideal. The front office is not ideal. It's Bill in a to tell it to tell that word that I can't say. Totalitarian. There it is. Tell one of us did politics and one of us didn't. <laughs> you can survive the one, but if Bill goes away, now what do you have? Nothing. Nothing. If Bill leaves New England, they're the they're the Houston Texans. That's how important that is. Because they're not great down the line, but they're the best coach in the league. Mm -hmm. It's enough to keep you in the top half. Mm -hmm. 
Just that one thing by itself. They're not in the top 16 of any other stat uh, of the five that we did here. They're still ahead of the Jets, who are on the, I think, on on the come, and they're right behind the Saints. Mm-hmm. Compare those two rosters. Who? The Saints and the Patriots. Oh, the Saints are way more talented. Many, yeah. many times over. By miles, yeah. But I don't know what their coach is. I've seen Dennis Allen with the Raiders, and it wasn't good. If he proves to be the guy as the coach, now you're a top 10 team. Right. That is the thing I did not expect. I did not expect that the bottom seven, the top seven, they would be the outliers. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything else is so transient that just one thing can change it all. Mm-hmm. One thing. Everybody else is either a dumpster fire or they're good. Hey, a quarterback goes down. Ah, I'll figure it out. Right. Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, Ben retires. Well, Ben wasn't very good anyway, and you were still either a playoff team or competitive. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you got everything else. Mm-hmm. And, and as I went down the line of this, that's what I figured out. That's the reason I hated the ESPN list so much. It wasn't the top end of it it wasn't the bottom end of it it was the middle yeah that meaty meaty clacker bingo (laughs) it was that middle tier where i'm going you have this flipped upside down and that really says everything you need to know about the nfl there are a handful of teams that are gonna be good every single year Mm -hmm. they just show up and they're good the buffalo bills at this point the la rams the kansas city chiefs and there are some teams that are just going to be bad because they are bad, 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 but bad, bad. And those are the teams that I don't give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. The Houston Texans, the Chicago Bears, the New York Giants, and the Atlanta Falcons. You're in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. We'll talk about the Detroit Lions pre-training camp preview coming up in the next hour. We've got the Jags to cover as well as we continue the rest of the NFL futures list. Plus, we got the daily draft on the way. But coming up next... The draft nerd Jeremy Green. Are you still at ESPN Draft at Nerd? At ESPN on Draft Nerd. Oh. I have not changed my Twitter handle again. I, you change you change it more than you change your underwear. Well, so. I got the I got this one and there's no weird punctuations or numbers. Okay, I have all right. I can't have numbers on the end of my Twitter handle. At ESPN Draft Nerd on Twitter, he will preview another of the top 50 players that you need to watch for this upcoming college football season in preparation, of course, for the almighty 2023 NFL Draft. At Ingles, we're all in for summer. Whether you're hitting the trails, hitting the water, or hitting the golf ball, we have everything you need for the perfect picnic, the greatest grill out, and the best beach vacation. We know that the mountains are calling, the open road awaits, and that pool party is ready to rock. So head on over to Ingles and stock up on all the goodies to get you through your summer of freedom. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. When I finally drove the old car into the grave, I knew there was only one place I was going to go. Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville, home of the family plan. And yes, they treat you like family. I went in, told them what I was looking for, told them my budget, and in no time, I was signing the paperwork on my certified pre-owned vehicle. They have the area's largest selection on quality pre-owned vehicles and certified Nissans. They go through a 167-point inspection, so you know it's not going to let you down. They gave me the Carfax report, so I know the history of my vehicle. And the Fred Anderson family plan gives me things like oil changes and car washes and loaner cars if I have to have major work done on the car in the future. For me, buying a car has always been an intimidating thought. But the folks at Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville made it super easy. 
Don't be like me. Don't wait till the last minute to get a deal done. Go to AndersonNissan.com or stop by the showroom at 629 Brevard Road. And don't forget to mention we sent you from the Sportsocracy and get a $250 bonus on your trade-in at Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. The Sportsocracy. The ceiling is the roof. Let's make it happen. Let's keep moving forward. All right, it is that time. Another of the top 50 college football players that you need to watch for the upcoming season. And, of course, ahead of the 2023 NFL Draft. And this is not so much for the draft. This is guys to watch throughout the college football season. Yes, it's my rankings for the draft. You know why we're doing that. Well, 100%. You know, not everybody sits around and watches tape like me because they have, you know, lives, which I don't. Right. My favorite thing to do is sit in my office in my underwear and watch tape. All right, who's next on the top 50 list? That's not the saddest thing you hear all day. I don't know what is. Uh Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee. This should tell you everything you need to know about how I feel about this quarterback class. In my preseason top 50, I have seven quarterbacks in the top 47. McKee's dead last. Mm -hmm. A, he's older. He did the, the Mormon mission thing, so he's a little bit older than the average prospect. Body build is phenomenal. 6'6", 230. He looks like Thor, God of Thunder. The only thing that scares me is he has had a slew of injury problems. If he gets through this season healthy, I want to see a little improvement because his touch is not always there. He's got kind of that... This is not an uh, the, the most apt comparison, but it's what I've always called it. He has that John Rocker syndrome. He knows how to throw a fastball, mm-hmm. and he can throw a fastball with the best of them. But he gets racisty on subway trains? That's not that- what that <laughs> meant. Uh, he doesn't know how to do anything else. Uh-huh. So when you see the screen pass, there is smoke coming off the ball on a screen pass, and there are times that running backs don't even have their heads turned around by the time he throws it. Sometimes on crossing routes, there's so much mustard on that ball that – it falls weakly to the turf. I'm. This is a total projection because there is a lot that he needs to improve. I've also seen much less impressive prospects go in the first round. I mean, drastically less impressive. Mm-hmm. He will draw that Andrew Luck comparison because he's so tall and he plays at Stanford. My fear is that's what's going to push him down. He's more Davis Mills than he is Andrew Luck. But I could see him being better than Davis Mills. I think from just a raw trait, raw talent, I think he's better. Mm-hmm. And looking at where I, how I feel about Davis Mills, and, and he could look like that. Because this is not a good team. This Stanford team is bad, 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 but bad, bad. And they are going to get boat raced more than once. But I think he's going to keep them in some games that they shouldn't. And I very easily could see him being a first-round pick. I could see somebody falling in love with him. I've had a dollar for every time I've seen this happen. Quarterback falls further than they should. Same school. Some some of the same traits. Because colleges tend to recruit quarterbacks that are similar trait. Mm -hmm. They build the program that way. Mm -hmm. Then you see this kid. He reminds you of the other. And then all of a sudden, he gets boosted up because the other one fell. I could see that happening. But I'm not telling you it won't be deserved. Very talented player. If he can get, if he gets them bowl eligible, he should be a first round pick 
because there's nowhere they're, they're doing that unless he becomes the quarterback that I think he can be. Mm-hmm. Um, put up uh, put up big numbers at his previous stop. He was at SMU. Is that right? That's Tanner Mordecai. He's oh, been Tanner. at he's been at Stanford. That's the wrong Tanner. Yeah, you're on the wrong All Tanner. These damn Tanners. Yeah, that's Tanner Mordecai. That's <laughs> you said previous stop. I was like, wasn't it uh, in high wasn't school? He, wasn't he a transfer? No. Huh. Okay. No, Again, he took a Mormon mission. He was at Stanford, oh, then he left, what, and then came back. Was. Okay, that's that's what it was. Yeah, he yeah. sat behind it was before Davis Mills, I think. Mm-hmm. He's 24 years old, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Or getting ready to be. And not the same knock on him that you have on older quarterbacks like Kenny Pickett. No, because Kenny Pickett played through those years. He didn't. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing when you've played five years in college and, well, the last year I was great. Well, you've started 60 games. Of course you've got better. I have gotten a lot better because I've dropped so much weight with the PhD weight loss program. PhD has helped me lose over 80 pounds. I'm close to the 210 mark on PhD, and people are baffled by how I look so much different from when I started this program back in November. The weight has fallen off. I don't have as many uh, health issues and aches and pains as I used to. Shocker of shockers, I was being weighed down by my eating habits. Thanks to the healthy program at PhD, I am a much slimmer Tank Spencer. I had gotten very lazy in my eating habits, and I I was never crazy large, but I was just always a little chunky. Now I'm playing golf, play, sleeping better, all the things I've said. But now I've gotten to the point where people that haven't seen me in forever, they're noticing the change and that I look like I did 15 years ago. And that's all thanks to the plan and food at PhD Weight Loss. PhD Weight Loss is the official weight loss program of the Clemson Tigers and their fans. Go to myphdweightloss.com. He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green. Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets and Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. And you are in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400, and of course, heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Take us with you each and everywhere you go, and don't forget you can watch us as well on your your YouTube-enabled devices, wherever you may be. Just go to thesportsocracy.com if you are not already subscribed to the channel, click through the link. Subscribe to the channel. You can join the House of Reprehensibles as well. The chat, though, is only open for subscribers, so you have to subscribe so you can get your comments in. And, you know, there's a uh, nice little discussion that's been going on in the chat. I I love that the chat doesn't – I mean, sometimes it follows the program, but – Sometimes it goes off on its own little tangents. Everybody gets into their own little arguments as an aside, and there's – there's one take that I have seen twice today from our House of Reprehensibles and that we're going to get into at some point later on in this program. Hopefully, if not, it will be a topic of discussion on tomorrow's show as well. But it is time in the third hour as we kick it off every day with the Daily Draft. And because my head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs just got a 10-year, $112.5 million contract after winning the first championship in 40 years, 
for the Georgia Bulldogs. And no, stop it with the meme. We're, the Georgia Bulldogs are not to blame for inflation. So let's stop it with that. Uh, <laughs> but Kirby Smart getting paid big time to be the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs through the 2031 season. And Jeremy, you got the first pick in the draft because we flipped a coin. Uh, yeah, I uh, that's on me. I, I thought I put up a poll, but apparently I did not hit send. That's important. Oops. That's important. So the uh, first pick in the daily draft. And this is if you were starting a collegiate program today, who would your coach be? Don't screw this up. There's only one way you can go. It's Nick Saban. Yes, thank that's, you. I don't care that he's 70 years old. I don't care if he only coaches five years. I do not care. No, you shouldn't. I absolutely 100% don't care. There are younger guys. You're going to get two of those. That's fine. There are two more on the uh, on the backside of that. I'm going to be just fine. You feel like Nick Saban could go into any program and turn them into a champion. I do. I, and I also think he's going to coach until he's 80. Mm-hmm. He's just one of the – and I'm, I don't want to make the Joe Paterno comparison because that's what people always do. He reminds me of Bobby Bowden. Okay. Bobby was not physically removed, but it was okay, Bobby. It's time. Like the the the, the successor's been on the staff forever. It's time. Mm-hmm. That's how I think this is going to go with Saban. He's so is- competitive that I I don't see Nick Saban sitting in a retirement community in his gigantic match, mansion playing shuffleboard. I don't see that. There are some people I do. He's just not one of them. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was really easy, in spite of the fact that he is 70 years old. I do need to ask you this question, though. Any team? Like, Nick Saban just took a wild hair to take over Louisiana Monroe. How long does it take? Because he's obviously not going to come in in one year. You're not going to have the you're not going to have the horses well he did it at alabama after they lost to louisiana monroe so you know what i i'll say three years uh, three years three years he would have uh Louis, louisiana monroe in the championship picture i, I just think he can coach anywhere mm-hmm. i would there agree. are some people that are grinders this is just what they do and and he's that level of coach nick saban no doubt he was going to be the number one pick regardless of who had the pick but I'm glad you had the number one pick so I can take the coach of my 2022 college football champions, the Georgia Bulldogs, Kirby Smart. That's my thing. They, I'm sorry. You, you don't do it right. I, well, I mean, you know, I I, I try my best. If you're going to do it, at least give it the vigor it deserves. My 2022 college football playoff champions. I can't do that. It makes my throat hurt when I try to. I've got a little Sam Kinison thing like that. If you've ever seen me do stand-up, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he tur- he cranks it up to 11. Uh, yeah, there's there's all <laughs> gas, no brakes. <laughs> Kirby Smart, after winning the national championship with the Georgia Bulldogs, finally a uh, understudy to Nick Saban has defeated him on the greatest scale. So Kirby Smart, well-deserving of the number two overall pick. I'm glad I get to be a homer. Now, this is where, for me, it gets interesting. It doesn't get interesting to me because, to me, there's clearly a third. And to see, to me, there's not. There's not? No. You don't look at Dabo Sweeney and go, he could take over any program and build it into a champion. I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm so glad you're doing this because I didn't want to at all. Why? To me, there is a clear three, but it's not Dabo. Really? I'm I'm very sure this will not be popular with Clemson fans. 
100%. Do you not find it to be ironic that Dabo turns Clemson into this superpower mm-hmm. right as every program in the ACC is down? No. Do you not find that to be – you don't think that's ironic at all? No. I'm going to say something maybe a little spicy, maybe a little homer. In terms of an X's and O's coach, I don't actually think Dabo Sweeney is that much better than Tommy Bowden. Hold on. Let me finish. Okay. Here's where he does have a great advantage. He plays the game very well. The recruit, the, the the recruiter game, the booster game, mm-hmm. the CEO of the of the organization game, he does that very well. I'm just not sure that you could take Dabo and put him just anywhere, and it works. I'm not sure you can do that with Kirby Smart either. I think they're both great coaches, but I'm on level with you. I didn't want either one of them. This worked out great for me because nice. I got the first pick, got the one I clearly wanted, and I still get my two and three. That's insane. So justify that. The, the fact that you have anybody uh, at two and three other than the two guys that I just said. Oh, there's one that's clearly. It's going to sound stupid now. It won't sound stupid three years from now. I promise you. Okay. I, I feel like I know who you're getting ready to talk about. But Dabo Sweeney, I, to me, the only thing, like you said, he, he, he does the recruiting thing very, very well. There's a reason that everybody uh, in under his tutelage is sought after as a head coaching candidate. Brent Venables just getting the Oklahoma job, and you know it, it, uh, Tony Elliott has been on everybody's short list to be mm-hmm. a head coach elsewhere, and that's all because of Dabo. Dabo has this old school connection with with parents that I feel like still plays. Do I like the fact that he has uh, come out so uh, you know? so stringently against the nil era no i don't i still feel like that that might come back to bite him in the end but he is still a hell of a recruiter clemson continues to bring in all the talent in the world and they're going to be last year was a down year they're going to bounce back and i don't dispute anything you just said here's my problem if clemson goes into the sec Mm -hmm. what happens immediately They'll take a step back. I, I would say they take four steps back. When you start recruiting against the Alabamas and the, uh, th- that's not going to go your way. And people don't really seem to understand how much that matters. What conference you're playing in? Mm-hmm. I know definitively. All right, let's say let, let's say my final five is the five best programs in the country: Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Throw whatever fifth in there you want because it's been cyclical Mm -hmm. ohio state i know i have to contend with michigan were they really a threat no not really but i had penn state i had other i didn't know that i was walking into a situation where i'm in a boat race 90 percent of the teams i play i knew that at clemson and really that switched on deshaun watson deshaun watson shows up you're so clearly better than everybody else yeah he recruited him i get it Mm -hmm. i just think there's been some advantages there i'm not sure he could do that everywhere and I don't think Dabo plays everywhere. Dabo plays in the heart of Southeast football. And there's a great merit to that. That's the heart of college football. Exactly. You'll have a great career doing that. I just could not possibly take him over the guy that I'm getting ready to say. Okay. It's Lincoln Riley. It's Lincoln Riley, and to me, it's not even debatable. 
because he's playing chess, not checkers, with the way this game is played. He sees how this works. There's a reason he left Norman, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. I've heard things from around him that sound like they came out of my mouth. How do you think it's going to play on the recruiting trail when I go to Oklahoma and I'm competing against Alabama and whatever the case may be? Or I can go to L.A. and just cherry pick anybody I want. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. And he's very, very, very young. Lincoln Riley was my clear two. This that's, is one of those hills that I will die on. I do not care. Yeah, that's that. It's just insane to me. I, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad coach or anything. He's obviously a, you know, top five coach in college football. Mm-hmm. But the success is just not there. I mean, he. It, How many games he lost his career? I get it. He's lost like six games. Ten. Who cares? It's ten as he's, a head coach at Oklahoma in the Big mm-hmm. Twelve. Mm-hmm. He's not very competitive. I mean. Woo, you beat Oklahoma State every year. Yay. Uh, In Texas. I don't feel like this is that hard to understand. In his time as a coach, here's his quarterback rooms. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Caleb Williams. Uh Yep, I'm going to be good at quarterback. I'll be honest with you. If I'm a 17-year-old quarterback, I'm a hotshot quarterback. Mm -hmm. If I was Arch Manning, I'm going to USC. Oh, I'm yeah. going to play for that guy. Oh, yeah. I cannot say that about anybody that's been on this list so far. He's going to win me a Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. I will win a Heisman Trophy, that's and awesome. I'll probably be the one picking the draft. That's awesome. Lincoln Riley wins you Heisman Trophies. These other guys, uh, they win you national championships. Mm-hmm. And y- you had that at Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, he was in Norman, Oklahoma. You ever been there? Because uh, I've flown no, over it. hell no. Yeah, I have been to L.A. That's pretty easy to sell. Mm-hmm. And now you're in a big boy conference where – it's you and Ohio State, really. Michigan's mm-hmm. a step down from that. Penn State's a step down from that. And they don't have the athletics budget. Oh, and by the way, I'm playing in that premier conference, and it's 78 and sunny out here 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. That's going to play more than people think. In recruiting? Absolutely. I'll, I'll go one step further before we have to take a break. I fully believe that Lincoln Riley will be better at USC – than Pete Carroll ever was. Under. Tell me I'm crazy all <laughs> you want. I I I, I will. I Pete will Carroll's say you're a great crazy. coach. Mm-hmm. In terms of X's and O's, recruiting, CEO of the program, anything. You tell me what Pete Carroll does better. He's the only competent coach that's been out there for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Other than Lane Kiffin and well, there were some huh, there were some issues there. Right, right. There were some bumps. Yeah, there there's a lot more. Uh, uh oh, I'm trying. What was uh, Paul Hackett? There's been a lot more Paul Hackett's than there have been Pete Carroll's. Mm-hmm. One of them was super successful, and he's a great coach, college football Hall of Famer, no doubt. My guy's ten years younger than Pete was when he took this job. I think I'll be just fine. All right, uh, so there you go, Lincoln Riley, the second pick by Jeremy Green in today's daily draft. We got three more rounds to go. Stick with us here on ESPN Asheville. Real estate isn't about properties; it's about people. I'm Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. 
I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. When I finally drove the old car into the grave, I knew there was only one place I was going to go. Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville, home of the family plan. And yes, they treat you like family. I went in, told them what I was looking for, told them my budget, and in no time, I was signing the paperwork on my certified pre-owned vehicle. They have the area's largest selection on quality pre-owned vehicles and certified Nissans. They go through a 167-point inspection, so you know it's not going to let you down. They gave me the Carfax report, so I know the history of my vehicle. And the Fred Anderson family plan gives me things like oil changes and car washes and loaner cars if I have to have major work done on the car in the future. For me, buying a car has always been an intimidating thought. But the folks at Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville made it super easy. Don't be like me. Don't wait till the last minute to get a deal done. Go to AndersonNissan.com or stop by the showroom at 629 Brevard Road. And don't forget to mention we sent you from the Sportsocracy and get a $250 bonus on your trade-in at Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. The Sportsocracy. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. And it's daily draft time here in the Sportsocracy. We roll on drafting college coaches, the big college coaching news of the day, the Georgia Bulldogs extending the contract of Kirby Smart, 10 years, $112.5 million. So you have started with Kirby Smart and Dabo Sweeney. I have. I have started with Nick Saban and Lincoln Riley. Mm -hmm. And this is, to me, where this game becomes fun because – there are two coaches that I adamantly want. I don't think you'll take them. So I'm going to roll the dice. Okay. And I'm going to take the one that I'm pretty confident that you would. Okay. Because he's not even done winning all his games yet. <laughs> Him and his family. Right. I'm taking Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly uh, with the LSU Tigers now after, you know, being at Notre Dame and you know, I mean, he did fine at Notre Dame. Had him in the college football playoff, and and now that's uh, people now that's undervalue over. how hard that job is. Mm -hmm. That Notre Dame job. Mm -hmm. When you look at, I had a, I had somebody that works on a college football staff tell me this one time. There are about ten schools: Wake Forest, Duke, Stanford, Notre Dame, yada yada yada. If you look at the top three hundred, the ESPN top three hundred, they're allowed to recruit about thirty of them. Mm -hmm. LSU does not have that problem. They care about winning games, and he's going to do a whole lot of it. Yep. I thought that was a brilliant hire by LSU. Totally outside the box, very expensive. Mm -hmm. As and I'm and I'm telling you this, and and I'm I'm going to throw this little tidbit out there, and then I'm I'm going to walk away. If you want a dark horse Heisman candidate, 
that you're catching a stupid number on. Jaden Daniels. Just remember I said that. Really? That would that would be the surprise of the college football season. He's insanely talented. And under Brian Kelly, I think you may be shocked at how good he is. Mm-hmm. Brian Kelly, really, really good football coach. I hate him with a passion, though. I don't, I don't know why. It's something about him. Like, he's got one of them faces that I just, I, I'm going to need you to do something about your face. I just need him to and do something when, about his accent. And then when he went out and did the fake accent thing. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, now, in terms of, uh, in terms of fake Southern accents, Brian Kelly is right there with Jody Foster and Silence of the Lambs and Nicolas Cage and Con Air. <laughs> Put the bunny back in the box right i i, I mean i get uh, you y'all have to have a little bit of car salesman in you oh, to absolutely. be a good recruiter and everything mm-hmm. but there's something again there's something about it like two things i never want you to do ever again brian kelly one never ever ever fake a southern accent again ever and number two stop dancing yeah don't get on that weird stage that they spin the camera around because uh-uh. that was awful Anybody that does this, the little, uh, the, the, the little, Tusi? yeah, the the little, uh, the the eye triangle thing, yeah, yeah. bad. They That's call, awful. They call that the bat Tusi. As a I, Batman fan, you should know that. I don't care what it's called. That's, it's <laughs> called awful. I am so glad you took Brian Kelly at number three, because now it gives me the opportunity to to, to draft a guy who now will complete my terrific trio of coaches. That I have ranked three of them in the top four in the country. And it's Ryan Day of Ohio State. That's the one I wanted you to take. And I don't know why. Because Ryan Day, okay, so he stepped into a good situation at Ohio State, obviously. Yeah, following one of the greatest coaches that ever lived. Uh Uh-huh. You threw out that stat about Lincoln Riley. How many games did he lose? How many has Ryan Day lost? With Urban Myers players. I don't think Ryan Day's that level of coach. Really? I really don't. I'll, all right, I, th- and, and here's how I'll preface this. Okay. If Ohio State had hired Luke Fickle, would they be in different position right now than they are with Ryan Day? Because my answer would be no. Oh, you think they'd be the same? Mm-hmm. I think it'd be, be the exact same. Just as effective. Yep. I think they're equivalent okay. coaches. And that's not a slight. You're still very, very good. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm starting a program. Who am I going with? i don't know i don't know so you think ryan day is more of a product of the situation that he's in he already stepped into a brand he didn't do the work do the work he's done a great job he's done a great job you also followed urban meyer Mm -hmm. so i I mean there's you're, you're not ron zook i'll give you that because he couldn't do that right so i mean he's a very good coach I'm not trying to slight him. I just he was not even on the board for me. Mm-hmm. Three years from now, that could make me look like an idiot. But I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Hmm. Well, now this it, is the now is where one. it gets fun. This is the one where you could make me say bad words, and it's not because of the coach you think it is. Well, look, I don't have any idea where you're about to go. I mean, I got, I got a good feeling. I don't think you do. Well, 
All right, look, I feel like there's another coach in the SEC that doesn't get enough pub. This might be too early. But I'm about to pull the trigger on Mark Stoops. I feel like he's a big-time head coach that for some reason just has not left Kentucky. I don't know why it is. I don't know who's not giving him the shot or what or if he's just comfortable winning you know, enough games to get a decent bowl at Kentucky. Nobody ever expected him to win there. That's a hard job, too. Yeah. That, I mean, that's one of the very few that it's a basketball school first. Right. I'm going to level with you. That's actually a low-key, very good pick. Thank was you. it a little early? Sure. It's I a thought little I, early. I thought I was going to be able to get him with my second pick on this turn. Right. And there's one that I'm dumbfounded that you took him in front of. Well, I mean, there were a few that I considered here. But I, I feel like if Mark Stoops got the shot somewhere, he would prove to everybody how great of a coach he is. Again, you're at Kentucky of all places, mm-hmm. a place that has been a dumpster fire for college football forever. And he has them as a perennial contender, you know, under Georgia <laughs> in the SEC East. So I think he's coaching at the highest level and he's making his teams competitive. He's obviously recruited some great oh, players. Yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic pick. Yours is a little projection. Yes. But I think he's a fantastic coach. Now. There are two coaches sitting on the board for me that I just never even kind of thought were going to be here. Mm -hmm. Out of sheer spite, I'm going to have to take one of them second. So I'm going to take the portal king, Mr. Lane Kiffin. That's the other one I considered. uh, As well it should. I feel like Lane Kiffin gets things that happened to him in his 30s held against him. Mm -hmm. And now... I really view him and Lincoln Riley very similarly because I think they're both playing the game the way the game is supposed to be played now. Mm-hmm. Is it going to stay that way forever? I have no idea. I, now, I don't think the NCAA has any teeth. And I have two guys that really understand how social media mm-hmm. works, mm-hmm. how brand works, and they're going out and p- cherry-picking the transfer portal. That makes me feel just all kinds of warm and fuzzy. And now I just, you know... Oh, this is not going to be easy to say out loud. Oh no, I don't he's going to do. do it. Oh, I didn't. I thought there was not a chance I, in hell that you were well, going to do this. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think I'd take Satan himself over who I'm about to say. But the fact that he got the nine, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. not do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, <clears throat> national even... champion, Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, Jimbo Fisher. I di- I didn't want to. Uh huh. But he's. I mean, he's a better coach than this. I feel like you were challenging me there that I just wouldn't do it, and you thought he would slide into you. you. I wanted to see if you could bring yourself to do it. I'm actually kind of proud of you that you didn't vomit on the air. It hurt. I'm not going to lie. I didn't need a reason to drink tonight, but I have one. You have one Just because now I'm going to have to put out a social media graphic with my name and Jimbo Fisher's name right beside each other. But he's still a good coach. He is. He's still a good coach, and he's also playing the game the right way. Mm -hmm. I, I shouldn't have said it that way. Because he's not playing the right way. He's playing it the way that is being dictated to him right now. Oh, it's not the right way? Well, I mean, it's gross that you have the biggest checkbook, so you win. But he's going to. Mm-hmm. If you had to bet right now in the next 10 years, does he win a national title at Texas a and would you say yes or no? 
Uh, if I had to bet my house on it, absolutely. I would say yes as well. Mm-hmm. I think at some point the money's just going to win out because right. there's so much more of it there than there is right. anywhere If else. you can keep having number one recruiting classes, regardless of how much money you're spending, the talent and the fact that you've already won a national title as a head coach, then I feel like at some point it's going to happen for you. I, I feel good. You I should mean, feel I, good. I, I mean, I feel like I need a. I feel like I need a drink, and and oh, I feel kind of gross because I have Jimbo Fisher on my yeah, team. Yeah. I'm, All I'm, right. Here we are. All right. So my last pick in the uh, daily draft today. I'm I'm torn. I'm torn between two guys, and I've never been a big believer in Luke Fickle. So with my fifth pick, I'm going to take Mario Cristobal. Head coach at Miami. I feel like he's I feel like he's a really good coach. I want to see this happen. I was actually look, I I'm with you. I'm I don't hate Miami as much as you do, obviously, oh, loathe, as a Florida State guy. I loathe Miami. But I've always been irritated. I mean, ever since the ever since growing up in the early nineteen nineties and every kid had to have a Miami Hurricanes uh starter jacket with that dumbass bird on the back of it. I have not liked Miami, but I actually rooted for Mark Richt when he went back there. He was the, you know, he was the alum that was going to come back and change the the fortunes of the program. Mario Cristobal, I feel like he can get the job done. I'm going to say this with absolutely no, no animus, no homerism or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to. I, think, I he's think he's the best hire they have made since Butch Davis. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's all that close. This is the first time I have looked at a Miami head coach and gone, you get it. And I'm going to level with you. This turnover chain thing of that doesn't fit our our program anymore. We don't have to do gimmicks. Gimmicks. Yeah. That's, the, that's the perfect word. We don't have to do that. We're going to line up. We are going to put, I'm going to steal the old Jimmy Johnson liner. We're going to put a fence around Dade County and nobody gets out of here. Mm-hmm. He can do that. The one thing that, the one thing that makes me, that would make me nervous as a Miami fan, I think there's almost no shot he won't get the call to replace Saban when Saban steps down. Okay. That's the one thing that makes me nervous. And now, following Saban, that is going to make him very attractive on lists like this when we go back and look at this three years down the line Mm -hmm. i think he's going to do a great great job with miami now we're to the undrafted free agent and i'm not gonna lie to you i don't know what you're going to do Uh uh-huh and i want i want two coaches i feel like i've beaten you anyway i want one more just because i want him on my team and so i'm going to basically hand you a layup Mm-hmm. it's a question of if you take it if you do take it i think you're closer to me than you would be okay unless i change my mind because i got two names and i actually don't know which one's getting ready to come out of my mouth you're handing me a layup uh, stop talking or i won't do of, it of what there's one more there's one left. more and i'm telling you if you don't do it and i'm not sure that you're going to count i'm i'm probably not counted i'm probably not all right here we go three two one james Dave franklin Aranda. yep 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 that's fine i changed i was gonna say pj fleck because i thought there was no way you weren't going to say james franklin right so then the more you talk the more i went he's really not going to do this. no i'm not 
I'm I, I'm not. Look, James Franklin. I I like James Franklin. I just I don't know. The last couple of years at Penn State to me have not. I thought he was on the trajectory to be one of the top ten coaches in the uh, in college football, but now I don't feel like that. I feel like at some point he's either going to get lucky or he's going to hire correctly and somebody's going to bring him a quarterback because mm-hmm. he's never had one. No. He's never had a quarterback that was top 40 in the country. Please don't throw, please don't throw Sean Clifford at me. Mm-mm. I mean, it's been genuinely god-awful offensively, but the way he recruits defensively, mm-hmm. what he has done in what I could argue is the hardest job I've ever seen, because Bill O'Brien just left you high and dry. Mm-hmm. After everything that had gone on, I, I can't tell you where he's going to go. I can't tell you how he's going to end up. But getting him sixth, I'm good. Yeah. If I if I can't actually mic drop my mic because it's mounted to the wall. <laughs> if I could, I would. You would. You would just drop it right away. All right. I, look, I went with Dave Aranda because I, I I didn't have. I didn't think he was one of the best coaches in college football until last year. He's a very good coach. And then I saw the turnaround that he has completed at Baylor. They were a at least on the national picture at one point last year and i feel like uh with recruiting they can they can definitely turn this thing around and i don't know that they'll ever be on the you know on the radar as much as the baylor bears basketball team is lately but dave aranda's doing good things and i won't be shocked to see him leave baylor for a bigger job very very soon so the uh the classes here jeremy's got nick saban lincoln riley brian kelly Lane Kiffin, Jimbo Fisher, and James Franklin. To my Kirby Smart, Dabo Sweeney, Ryan Day, Mark Stoops, Mario Cristobal, and Dave Aranda. Uh, in the YouTube comments, please comment that this was as big of a dog walk as I think it was. Not because when you just said that out loud, I went, that is not even close. <laughs> I have I have six in my top eight. And that's insane because I have three of the top four. In college football. You're higher on Ryan Day than I am. Of course I am. Now Four you have, losses. Now Four. you have the next three. I have six in my top eight, but you have nine, ten, and eleven. Yeah. So it's, you, yeah, it's there. All right. We'll have the graphic out on social media. You can vote there. We'll have a poll up tomorrow as well at the uh, start of the program to decide who gets the first pick in the daily draft tomorrow when we'll be doing a special daily draft. I'm so excited about this one. It's going to be uh, the celebrity that you would want to go drinking with. The ultimate bachelor party, bachelor, bachelorette party drinking team. Nice. And I am so excited about this. You are in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. There's a lot of talk about heroes these days. Hey, buddy, you want to go fishing? The folks in the funny outfits with superpowers and spandex. All right, buddy. But at Ingalls, we know that a lot of our heroes now you look like a are a little closer to home. They're the ones who give us what we need for those everyday adventures. That's why we look up to the ones who look out for us. Don't forget your fish food. Catch a big one. Ingalls. All the ingredients for family. 
Everyone's heard about the housing market and this being the best time to sell a house in years. But the same thing applies to cars. Whether you're looking to buy a car, trade in, or sell that car in the driveway collecting dust, Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville wants to buy your car. They have two on-site managers that work with Kelly Blue Book to give you top dollar for your vehicle. You can even have your car appraised instantly at AndersonNissan.com. Stop in and visit them today at 629 Brevard Road, Nashville, or call them at 828-365-1663. All right, it's time for the daily reminder: don't do crimes, or in or in my case, uh, don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. Okay, drugs are bad. Okay. A woman has been arrested in uh, guess the state, Florida. Yeah, that's right. Uh, in Why do so many of these come from Florida? Because Florida is the craziest place in the in the country. Uh, West Virginia's on line one. <laughs> How many stories you had from West Virginia? Uh, that made national news not many how many stories do i have that i can't tell on this show a bunch a few a central florida woman is uh or has been arrested after she was accused of being disruptive outside of a public store police were called the other day in claremont florida where the woman was screaming out in front of the store waving a pitchfork around and a black whip now why she just happened to have those things in her possession at the time because no she did not come there for a i don't know a cattle wrangling or whatever apparently those were just things that she had on her person or in her possession at the time because when the store called the cops, they said, hey, we got this crazy woman waving a pitchfork and a bullwhip, and y'all need to come get her. They said, what was she doing here in the first place? She was apparently trying to sell teddy bears out of her car. With a whip? In the back of the store, like behind the store. Seems very, very odd. But at some point, she became agitated and went out and started disrupting things. She stabbed a guy's minivan with the pitchfork. I feel like that'd be hard to do. I feel like there'd have to be some real force behind that. Maybe so, but that is, uh, you know, that's that's what drugs can do, apparently, because the cops, shockingly enough, said she appeared to be, quote, highly intoxicated on some sort of stimulant drug and don't do math just don't do math she also had a whip which means she was dressed as indiana jones (laughs) my story is not technically a crime but i feel like the response should be a crime and when i become president it's going to be a crime you're right my story is from flint michigan it's between two people richard jordan and kushante short apparently they went on a date. Okay. Kind of. Apparently, they agreed to go on a date in 2020. And Miss Short showed up at the restaurant and waited for Mr. Jordan. Mm-hmm. But he never showed up. So she has now sued him for $10,000. Excuse me? In emotional distress because... The date of this date fell on the date of her late mother's birthday. Sorry about it. So, 
they 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 litigated this in a court earlier this week in front of Jur- Judge Herman Marable Jr. in a 10-minute virtual hearing. First of all, Ms. Short never shut up the entire 10 minutes. Never stopped talking. They had to mute her and she could not figure out that she had to unmute herself. She just kept talking. Incredibly disrespectful to the judge. Said, are we done about 50 times? Mm -hmm. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe I don't understand the legal process as much as I thought I did. But if a judge tells you to stop talking and you don't, is that not contempt? Indeed it is. Well, that never went down that road. He he transferred this into another court because it was in the wrong type of court. Right. He tried to explain this to her. Apparently, Mr. Jordan at some point says something that she just disagreed with. So in the middle of the proceeding, she starts talking about adding perjury on top of this. Now, I need you to understand, he was never sworn in. This is not a trial. This was a hearing. So he, the judge then proceeded to spend five minutes trying to explain that you don't know what perjury means. Nope. She argued with a judge that he didn't know what uh-huh. perjury meant. Uh-huh. Crimes. That is crimes. That is frivolous lawsuit. And he should get $10,000 from you for wasting his time. Stop insulting my intelligence, she says. Ugh. Good night. I, I'm telling you, when I become president, there is going to be a frivolous lawsuit fine which will be 70% of what you were pursuing. Uh, And I think it will stop that. We started out the program today talking about NFL futures over the next three years. And, um, well, we know who the teams at the top are. We've been over that part of the list. But there's also a couple of teams that we need to talk about in the run-up to this training camp season. The Detroit Lions, maybe it'll be a shocker to you, maybe it won't. They're 22. They are 22. Right behind the the Minnesota Vikings. On the futures list. And the Jacksonville Jaguars not far behind them in the uh, prospects for the next three years at number 25. And if the Commanders and Seahawks lost Ron Rivera and Pete Carroll respectively, they'd be 23. Mm -hmm. Because that's the only thing putting them in front of them. There are ways that you can take a loser franchise, i.e. the Cincinnati Bengals, and turn them into a winning franchise. It involves a three-step process. Mm-hmm. One, you need to get lucky. You, you, you need to, to, to have one of those years when a generational quarterback falls in your lap. The Jacksonville Jaguars got that. Mm-hmm. Two, you need to trust your front office to someone that understands how to construct a football team. The Jacksonville Jaguars have not done that. Trent Baalke is a disaster. Mm-hmm. But the Lions have. Yes. Brad Holmes knows how to construct a roster. And he has done, in my opinion, a phenomenal job of building this team. Is the defense a work in progress? Absolutely it is. I can't tell you it's going to be good. Here's what I can tell you. I fully believe that nine calendar months from now, when we head into the 2023 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions are going to be able to identify – between four and six spots on their defense of we have the guy there Mm -hmm. the offense to me is done minus the quarterback done done i think if you look at the 10 players that are not jared garf you're done and i could see it being jared garf the problem is that you don't get him on a rookie deal Mm -hmm. you're not going to get a discount on him and he's never going to be better than the 19th best quarterback in this league 
but this is a team to me that's being built the right way. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jacksonville's gotten the luck with the coach and with the quarterback because I like Doug Peterson. I don't think he's as good as other people do. I had him 15, I think, overall, which is somewhere in the That's fine. Yeah. He's in the middle of the pack. Could that sway to him in the top 10? Absolutely, it could. If he falls into Jacksonville Jaguar things, could he fall out of the top 20? Yes, he could. Both of these teams, if I could if I could combine these two franchises into one, they probably would have been in the top 10. Because if I had, if Trevor Lawrence played for the Detroit Lions, I would view that franchise so differently. I, I would view that franchise as one of the most up-and-coming franchises in this league because you would have the quarterback. Yes. That is the question mark piece for Detroit. Well, you're, you're not going to be particularly good. I think offensively, you're going to be able to score points. So I do feel like you're going to be picking in the top 10. And I think there's enough quarterbacks in this class that you can fall in love with one, with one of them. And with the weapons around that, a year from now, you could beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think I'm off, uh, off I base do with not. that? I do not. Now, the the kind part to the Jaguars, Shad Khan needs to be as far away from this team as humanly possible. You you and your son go run your little pro wrestling outfit and and – have barbed wire matches and things like that. That's a story that got cut from this show. Mm-hmm. Don't don't do barbed wire. It's a bad idea. If they had brought in somebody to the level of Brad Holmes, I would look at them and go, "Are you overpaying for talent? Did you overpay for Christian Kirk? Did you overpay for Foye Loacon? Did you overpay for Brandon Scherf? Mm-hmm. I think so. But in that market, you're going to have to. You need to be able to draft, and and my fear is that they can't. Uh, they have not historically done a very good job of that. So I think they're both one piece away from being just fine. Mm-hmm. These rosters are not bereft of talent. They're not terrible rosters. Jacksonville's is a little expensive, and Detroit's is lacking in defensive stars. If you hit on a couple of these picks, if Aiden Hutchinson becomes the pass rusher that some people thought he could become, mm-hmm. that Detroit team's pretty good for the next five to ten years right jacksonville finds one front office guy one up-and-coming ryan poles type of of gm i think your forecast for the future is pretty good you just have that one little hanger on left of your time as a poor franchise it's time to cut the tie mm-hmm. Trent balky needs to go and in detroit you got to figure out a quarterback I would agree, but again, you said it. Shad Khan needs to be as far away from this team as possible, and the problem is he's never going to do that. I think Shad Khan can can be a hands-off owner. I, I really do. I, I think he got cute with Urban Meyer. That was his the 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 white whale for him. Mm-hmm. He even said that this was the coach that I've targeted since I became the owner of this team. Yep. Sometimes owner, and I've said this about Dave Tepper. Sometimes as an owner, you have to have things like that happen that blow up in your face to teach you that there's a reason that the other 31 teams in the league don't do this. And the hiring of Doug Peterson gives me a little bit of hope. Now, would I have preferred it be Byron Leftwich? Yes, I would have. For the long haul. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 can't, I can't blame you for that. 
But but you got to get rid of Trent Baalke. I just uh, to me he's a poison. But the problem in your room. the problem I see here though if Doug Peterson comes in and is successful and turns this team around, I mean gauge success for this team this this year would be six to eight wins. That would be a successful step forward. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. So if Doug Peterson does that, there's no bla- there's no blowback. There's nothing gonna. There's nothing gonna get Trent Balky out of that front office if Doug Peterson is successful. The thing I think you're undervaluing is if they go six and eleven, and Doug is making headway with Trevor Lawrence, I could see a path that he goes to Shad Khan and goes, "I need my own personnel guy Maybe because so. I don't trust this idiot as far as I can throw him." And as long as Trevor is developing, he can kind of call a shot. That's why he was hired. So it, it wasn't enough. Because he had options. It could have been left, which it could have been Doug Peterson. There were a couple others that, that they went down the rabbit hole with to take this job. Nobody was so far and away a better candidate to Shad Khan that it was enough to get rid of Trent Baalke. You develop Trevor Lawrence, you can call your own shot. And if you bring in a Doug Peterson hand-picked personnel guy, I, I think you're 75% of the way there. You're in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. If cleanliness is next to godliness, look around the car right now. Is that very godly? Look, life comes at you fast, but so does WNC Auto Detailing. They have the tools to make your interior look like it's coming off the showroom floor. You don't believe me? Check them out on Instagram. All that filth and years of stains disappear. WNC Auto Detailing does full interior and exterior details with paint correction, and they do wax and ceramic coatings. Call WNC Auto Detailing at 455-3700. Premium care with a Southern Hospitality Tech. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Marshall with eXp Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. At Ingalls, whether we're celebrating Friday Night Rivals, televising college basketball games, bringing the Fan Fest to semi-pro soccer, or taking you out to the ball game at your minor league park, it's all in the bag. Ingalls, low prices, love the savings. Dirty, perky shark, a back flat. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Shark, a back flat, Let the hate flow through you. When you were a child, if you touched a hot stovetop, you know what you learned? Don't do that again. If you did the same thing with an electrical outlet or any other thing that could harm you, you learn your lesson and you don't do that again. Well, the Arizona Cardinals, they didn't learn the lesson from other people and they had to go ahead and do it themselves. Name me the quarterback that you have ever seen on a rookie deal that was completely singly dimensional, was limited you knew could not carry a team to that promised land that then got paid and did. I'll save you the time. It's never happened. We just watched Dallas do this. Guess what? One year after you signed that deal, what is that roster? Regressed. Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. What happened to that roster? It regressed. What will happen with the Arizona Cardinals? That roster will regress. If your goal was to just be competitive, congratulations. You'll be the seventh or eighth best team in the NFC for the foreseeable future. If your goal was to win Super Bowls, though, 
you pretty much put every nail in that casket you possibly could by overpaying Kyler Murray. I'll tell you, as as currently sits in the NFL, the five highest paid quarterbacks in this league, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. One of those does not belong with the other four. And it ain't that hard to figure out. It's Kyler Murray. I'm mad. Kyler Murray getting the five-year extension, $230.5 million. The big NFL news of the day. Look, it was just Kyler Murray's turn. It was his turn to get paid. And next, it's going to be Lamar. And then you're going to see the... Oh, the angriest people on, on the planet Earth right now are the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, yeah. Because they look at that deal and the Deshaun Watson deal and go, uh, one of them may not be able to play for the entire the year, and the other is nowhere near the quarterback of what we have. Mm-hmm. Lamar is just sitting back, just counting dollar signs, yep. trying to figure out how big of a room he needs so he can put all his gold coins in it a year from now and jump into it like Scrooge McDuck. Exactly. Lamar's going to get paid, and then you're going to see massive, massive record-breaking contracts for guys like Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. It was just Kyler Murray's turn to get paid, and the team had no other choice. Disagree for the square. You're in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville, the Friday edition coming up tomorrow. Join us right back here in the Ingalls studio at 3 o'clock.